Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. DC TV podcast. There's too many now. Exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Is Nasty Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yay! Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season one premiere episode of Superman and Lois as part of our first ever Supergirl radio pilot pod, which <laughs> is a concept uh, we saw from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, so, Morgan, you might have to uh, guide us through that in order to get the pilot pod right. Make sure we do it correctly as we should. Uh, <laughs> so if you have any, I, I know people in the chat already have uh, thoughts, opinions, questions about the pilot. So feel free to ask any questions or leave us any of your theories and we'll get to them. Uh, but first we need to get to the news. So uh, today we learned that Supergirl is returning to DC Comics this summer to headline her first new series in years, which is that, is that true? Are we that, that can't be are true. We, that we were reading behind. How many years has it been since we've last read Rebirth? <laughs> like, Rebirth was the last time we published was like 2012. This, like, this, what? This is DC Comics' press release, so I guess they know what they're talking about. We might be. I think it's ahead. possible DC Comics doesn't. They're like, I feel like it's been a while, right? <laughs> what, is, what is time? I mean, we, we also are really behind on Rebirth. <laughs> so it could, it could be years. It I don't could know. be years and years. Also, so the Superwoman thing came out like recently, so I don't know. Yeah, it did. What they're talking about, but here is the uh, the cover, the uh, the image that they released. So launching in DC's Infinite Frontier era with art by, and I think it's Bil Bilky or B Bilkwe. I'm not sure if that's French or not. Evely and Matt Lope. Uh, Lopes or Lopez, written by Tom King, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow takes Supergirl and sidekick Crypto into space on a journey that will have Supergirl fans cheering for more. Uh, which sounds a lot like uh, the Supergirl stuff we have just been I mean, reading. I know we haven't read it in years, but <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty familiar. I am cheering about Crypto, though. <laughs> yes, Crypto is always uh, a good thing to have in there. Uh, so the uh, the website also says, Kara zor has seen some epic adventures over the years, but has recently found her life without meaning or purpose. Here she is, a young woman who saw her planet destroyed and was sent to Earth to protect a baby cousin who ended up not needing her. Uh... That's pretty crappy. Uh, I'll continue <laughs> on. Uh, what was it all for? Wherever she goes, people only see her through the lens of Superman's fame. Just when Supergirl thinks she's had enough, everything changes. An alien girl seeks out her, uh, her for a vicious mission. Is that vicious? Like, is vicious? 
I, mean, I guess it's vicious. Are they trying to make it like a cool thing? Like that mission's vicious. I, I don't know. Okay. All right. Totally so her, tubular. <laughs> her world has been destroyed and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge. And if Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, whatever the cost. Now a Kryptonian, a dog and an angry heartbroken child head out into a space on a journey that will shake them to their very core. Ooh. Uh, so the core to their very <laughs> core, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, uh, a new eight issue limited series uh, by Bilky Evely, Matt Lopez or Lopes and Tom King launches on June 15th. Um, <laughs> well, what is a maxi series? Can, can we explain what that is? Uh, DC Comics mentioned maxi series. <laughs> I, I don't like that word. I think it's a weird word. I guess it's supposed to be the opposite of a mini series. Yeah, it sounds weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'm going in the bathroom. Oh, I forgot my maxi series. Oh, oh no. Let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Morgan, what are your so thoughts? I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's going to be longer than a mini series would be, but not a continuing book? I, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> What's the only... length of this thing? <laughs> so my only... I know a lot of Supergirl fans have a lot of problems with the way that Supergirl's written over the years. And I, to an extent, will agree with those oh. opinions. I just uh, answered my own question by scrolling down the dock as Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is a new eight-issue limited series. Eight issue. Why call uh, it a maxi series if you're just going to say it's eight issues? Okay, some people are saying uh, 12 to 13 issues oh. might be a maxi series or 10 issues or more might be a maxi series. Um the only short of that. <laughs> the only thing, the only two things that I expect from a new Supergirl comic is a, I want it to be about Supergirl. That's important. That's number one. That's number one. And B, I want it to make sense. Those I have, I have three wishes. I those two wishes, and my third wish is that it's also about crypto, like a lot <laughs> about crypto. I mean, I, I get that she's going on adventures. There's like a little alien girl. Great. What's crypto up to? What's he thinking? What's he feeling? Is he a good boy today? <laughs> I just want to offer him crypto's perspective. What, yeah. what does he think about everything? <laughs> <laughs> they did that. Uh, they did that in a Marvel book. They did that in the uh, Matt Fraction Hawkeye, where um, Hawkeye had like a dog, and they did an entire issue of the dog like solving a crime and like no dialogue. <laughs> it was just like the dog like that smells interesting. Let's go this. Way. It's awesome. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, why not do that with crypto? I want the all crypto issue. That could be interesting. Um. I, I just I just want it to make sense. I just want to be able to read from start to finish and be able to understand it. That's that's really the thing that I care about. My most sincere wish is that when we eventually cover it, I never have to go on and be like, Rebecca, did we miss an issue? <laughs> How many issues did we miss? <laughs> if you don't listen to our, our comic uh, episodes, you really should. Because there's a lot of us all the time. <laughs> It's a lot of confusion in those comic book uh, episodes of Supergirl Radio, so you definitely should um, check that out. Um, anyway, uh, so that is the new Supergirl comic. And I think, Morgan, we might have an echo here. Uh, oh, let's, yeah? Let's both uh, double-check before we continue on. Uh, if you want to sure. go into your audio and just, like, reselect your, your microphone, StreamYard um, is being a little finicky. Oh, StreamYard. 
Yeah. So what are um, you doing? All right, let me go to audio. Yeah, just double check because I think we're getting a little bit of an echo. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll take some questions from the chat. Uh, mind the gap. Mind the gap says uh, Tom King also wrote Omega Men, Mister Miracle, and Strange Adventures, all twelve issues. Uh, so we could maybe get some Omega Men. Uh, uh, worse, maybe. Worse, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's try again. Oh, that's that's better. That's okay. better. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yes, yeah, so StreamYard has some buggy things. Sorry, we we just need to take a minute to fix that. Um, okay, all right. Uh, Rachel says, think your audio is fine. I was hearing an echo, so that's just me being very particular about it. Um, let's see. Are there any other questions or comments about the uh, the comic? Yeah, I think basically. Have you, have you read anything by this uh, this writer? Because I have not. Um, no, I, I've heard a lot of. I've heard a lot of good things about Tom King. He's he's written a lot of Batman Catwoman things that I've wanted to read. There's a lot of Tom King in my uh wish list. And I think somebody in the chat correct me. I think he wrote Injustice. Is that correct? Because I really oh. like the Injustice comics. So uh so I think he's a pretty good writer. Um and uh the art looks pretty promising. Um I'm just uh I like her with that sword. That seems cool. Kind of an Excalibur thing she's got going on that cover. I don't know why Supergirl needs a sword, but <laughs> I mean, okay. if you can get a cool sword, she, is she going to turn it down? <laughs> I mean, why? Why would you? Uh, so we'll we'll see where that goes. I just uh, I just uh, hope that that will make sense. Uh, yeah, Tom. To, oh, Tom Taylor. I got the wrong Tom. Oh. Uh, but Injustice. I, I like the Injustice stories. So Tom Taylor. Great stuff. <laughs> Great job, Toms. Toms of the world. <laughs> Different Tom. down. <laughs> but, but Tom Taylor, great writer. Uh, so Tom King, I, I think he ha he's done some some Batman stuff that I've wanted to read. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, not feeling it after Superwoman First State, uh, which we'll probably cover uh, soon. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, so I guess we should get to our second bit of news. Uh, so Supergirl Radio has launched a Patreon. If you would like to support and get more from Supergirl Radio, we have four monthly membership levels. We've got a $2, $5, $10, and a $25. So at the $2 level, um, that's the Legion of Super Sponsors level. We're going to proudly display your name on <laughs> SupergirlRadio.com. So you can go on the webpage. There you are. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably also shout these people out like in the, in the episode. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. Great job. Uh, <laughs> for the $5 level, that's the ACE reporter level. Like Lois Lane, you are now an ACE reporter. Congrats. Yeah, cause, cause, because Cara Danvers, uh, they, they, call, <laughs> they call the episode ACE reporter, but she's not really an ACE I reporter. Mean, Lois, I mean, Lois is more of an ACE reporter, I think. I feel like Lois shows up to work is the thing. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sorry I forgot that Car is also a reporter. <laughs> but in my, hard to remember. in my defense, so does the show. <laughs> so, so at the $5 Ace Reporter level, all of our favorites are Ace Reporters. And you can be too. We're going to proudly display your name on SupergirlRadio.com. 
but also you'll receive Patreon-only exclusive access to our quarterly reviews of DC films and TV shows. So we're gonna we're gonna get out there in the DC universe. We're gonna like poke our heads up from Supergirl. We're gonna look around <laughs> a little bit, like the groundhog. We're gonna see winter coming. We're gonna pop back down, but we're gonna get you four. Uh, I think it's four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're gonna do quarterly. quarterly. That's yeah. what quarterly means. Uh, <laughs> you'll get so you'll get four bonus episodes a year. So that'll be fun, uh, and we'll get to talk about some stuff that's not always super tied to Supergirl. Um, at the $10 level, that's when you're our snappy listener. Uh, <laughs> and we will proudly display your name on supergirlradio.com. You're going to get all of those exclusive quarterly reviews, but you're also going to get exclusive behind the scenes content. And then once a year, you can uh, ha- have some sn- make some snap judgments with us. And the, that those snap judgments will be included in an episode of Supergirl Radio. So snap ju- everybody loves snap judgments. Everybody loves making them. You'll get to do it. You'll get to do it. You can decide. <laughs> um, for our last level, at the $25 boardroom boss level. So, I mean, are you Lena Luther? I can't say. Legally, I can't say. <laughs> But you are. Uh, <laughs> you can be in your heart. Um, <laughs> we'll pr- uh, proudly display your name on Supergirl Radio. You're going to get all that exclusive access to the quarterly reviews, the extra bonus episodes a year. You get to make snap judgments. Um, and you'll receive uh, the Patreon-only exclusive behind-the-scenes content. You'll also have the opportunity to submit one pitch per year for a Supergirl Radio episode and be a guest on the podcast. So, like, if you're like, man, I wish they would do an episode about whatever, whatever. I wish they would do an episode about lab safety, <laughs> which we kind of did. Uh, or I wish we would do an episode about this, um, this my favorite Supergirl episode or the forgotten, you know, side characters of Supergirl that I'm obsessed with. Why aren't they obsessed yeah. with the same ones I'm obsessed with? <laughs> Oh, all the loves on hat. No, (laughs) you can pop on. You can tell us why we're wrong, Um, which is honestly what a thrill. Uh, (laughs) So we'll still be providing the same quality Supergirl radio content for free, just like usual. But if you're interested in additional stuff, DC film and TV reviews, behind the scenes goodies and more opportunities to be featured on the podcast, we want you to visit patreon.com slash supergirl radio and you can see everything that i just outlined there is also on the patreon page um so you can see all the levels you can go through and decide where you want to go yeah and uh the the uh link for that should be in the video description of this live stream and we'll also include it in the show notes of the episode uh so if you would like to support us you can go and do that so uh we appreciate your support and uh We'll be uh, looking forward to providing you some extra Supergirl radio uh, uh, in addition to your regular Supergirl radio. And just to really give you a sneak peek of the kind of fun content you're going to get, one of my cats is currently in the snack drawer. And that's oh, no. bad. So I'm just going to be right back <laughs> one quick second. I, I, will hang, quick second. I, I will hang out with the, with the chat. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wait until Morgan uh, deals. I think Beaker is getting a little bored. Uh, nobody is playing with him. Uh, Bunsen seems to be asleep. So he is, uh, getting up into some shenanigans. Uh, so this is what you're going to get when you come to, uh, Supergirl Radio Live and Wired. 
Um, yes. <laughs> so we'll see uh, if uh, Morgan handles the situation with Beaker. <laughs> I told I told them to make better choices. And I, I close. The problem is that they can kind of get their paw in and they can open it up just a little bit and then they can get in. Is, like is, little is, it a, is it a cat snack drawer or is it a people's <laughs> no, snack drawer? No, it's a person snack drawer. So I didn't want them to get, like, I'm going to turn around. They're going to be eating a bunch of, like, Sour Patch Kids. I can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to make uh, Beaker a little wild. Or, he well, doesn't need it. He doesn't need it is the thing. <laughs> he, it's going to make him Ryan Wilder. Uh, than he already is. Look, I just I walked into it. I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't not. I, I I just couldn't refuse. Okay. Well, I guess it's going to cover all of our news for this episode. So uh, let's get to talking about uh, Superman and Lois, the pilot uh, that we all gathered to discuss. Uh, and before I start, Morgan, if you will indulge me, I so there was a a thirty minute special in addition to the pilot that aired on the CW. I know I told you that I wasn't going to watch it. I tried to prepare her ahead of time. I was like, Rebecca, I'm going to like shoot straight. I'm definitely not going to watch that. <laughs> Turns out I did. I just did. Because it, it just, the episode just kept going. I guess I didn't even DVR. I swear to God, I didn't DVR. My DVR was like, watch it. And it just, it DVR'd it for me. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I've got a couple minutes and might as well watch it. Uh, there were, I've never seen more commercials in a program. Uh, <laughs> I, I fast forward through like 10 solid minutes of commercials. Not a lot of content there. <laughs> I, I, I watched it just to see what the, the and, and I watched it out of order. I think it aired after the episode, but I think when I recorded it, I recorded it at the normal Superman and Lois time slot, but the, I don't know, something happened with my YouTube TV and I think I only recorded the special. And so when I clicked on it, I thought it was the pilot. And so I was going to watch the pilot first and then it ended up being the special. <laughs> and so I watched the special first and I really regretted it uh, because. Did it color your opinion of the pilot? The special made, I, I can only assume there was smoke coming out of my ears when I, when I watched it. Just because I, it made me so uh, agitated. I don't know. I, it takes a lot to make me angry. It takes, it really does. I'm usually a pretty chill person. Uh, but. When Jeff John showed up, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I don't want to really get into a lot of the details. I don't, you know, I, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with this uh, situation. There's a there's a link in the description uh, that says Ray Fisher allegation. You can click on that and read all about it yourself. Um, but he is a guy who was, I, I think the investigation has finished, has wrapped up. But he was one of the main subjects of an investigation uh, related to the Justice League film that was uh, reshot by Joss Whedon. There were a whole lot of things going on with that. And he was one of the main people being investigated. And they put him in the special talking about how Superman is hope. And I was like, oh, really? That's a really, you, you know, uh, unusual and insightful commentary on Superman, Jeff Johns. Really? He stands for hope? <laughs> Thanks for bringing something new to the table, man. I, I just liked I just liked how many people they had on that special that had been, like, accused of doing kind of messed up stuff. So Jeff Johns, but also uh, there was the one writer who worked on Superman and Lois, who said that she got fired essentially for bringing up issues of like diversity and representation and just being continuously shot down by the showrunner who's like, in this universe, you, you just need a little something to hope for. And I was like, do you? It, it just 
<laughs> I, I, try, I try not to let that color my opinion of things. And I'll be really objective about the pilot. Because I actually, to be yeah, honest, yeah, I, I mean, enjoy the pilot. Yeah, I'm going uh, to review the pilot as a, as a piece of work independent of everything else. But the special felt weird. I was like, mm. People, all these people are really patting themselves on the back. Do they deserve to? Yeah, I was, I just, I just couldn't believe that they would put Jeff Johns in there. I just, and I know, and I, I didn't know until the special aired that he's an executive producer of this, of the show of Superman and Lois. And I was like, okay, so he got let go of the films, but now he's executive producing a show. That's not necessarily a downgrade. This is like no. <laughs> this is like giving him a gift. You're essentially handing him something he enjoys doing. I don't understand. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, so that was a weird choice, I thought, in terms of like promoting and hyping up your show that you would include this guy who has some pretty serious allegations leveraged against him. Uh, talking about how Superman is hope and we're all supposed to hope 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 uh so that was very strange to me um and i also wasn't real fond of how they they uh one of, one of the kids uh he plays jordan on the show he was like this is a super this is a modern superman that's done well and i was like mm, okay yeah it rubbed me the wrong way as a I, I i'm sure that's a man of steel dig and i didn't really care for that oh see i didn't pick that up at all i just thought like everything he said on that special seemed uh so strange like it scripted. was like scripted like really scripted and overdone but also like he was like superman is ho <laughs> and i was like is this kid okay? Is I, he being, is, is this like a proof of life video for this? <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. Like, uh, like none of the other actors seemed like the two, the other kid did seem like he was like, Oh, I don't want to do this, but yeah, he was yeah. doing it. But yeah. that kid was like in today's modern society. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little strange. It did seem like he was reading a script. Uh, so some, some, it just was weird. The whole special was weird. It was. I, yeah. Well, did you also notice in the special, and I noticed this because I was already mad from the episode, that like, <laughs> that, like they didn't talk about, like, there was no special emphasis on Supergirl. It was like, it's it's joining the Arrowverse, and we have so many shows on the Arrowverse, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Supergirl. Yeah, she was like the afterthought. Like, excuse me, they are directly related. <laughs> Why it is a spinoff of yeah, Supergirl? They're like, they're like many years ago when we created Arrow. And I was like, okay. And then Supergirl introduced the Super Family. And he was like, Arrow is it. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me? At one point, they when they're listing all the shows, they, they listed Legends of Tomorrow. Like before all the other shows. And I was like, the, the budget doesn't reflect that. <laughs> placement. <laughs> Meanwhile, Legends of Tomorrow is like putting together two, sh using two shoestrings. <laughs> <to> like, <laughs> they, they're trying to make it work like MacGyver style with, uh, with some tape and some gum. <laughs> and they're like, oh, our crown jewel, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, it was strange. They did list out all the shows and Supergirl did seem to be an afterthought. It was like the last one. And I, I was, it was, it was so bizarre. That's special and i do always and i try i really try so hard i'm trying to like deal with my my boiling feelings about some of the choices that some of these writers mm -hmm. have made but they always throw mark guggenheim in my face and i do not appreciate that he's the guy who killed off black canary 
for the fun, for the fun of it. He was like, this will be great. It'll be shock value. People will be talking about it. It doesn't matter if it makes any sense or if it has any kind of storytelling, you know, uh, virtue to it. No, I'm just going to kill her off because uh, I'm still not over it. I'm, I'm, re- I'm working about that on myself. I, really I, I also I also want to do an addendum because I didn't remember the name of the writer who uh, left left the or was fired off the show and has since talked about how it's not a great environment. Um, her name was Nadria. I think that's how you pronounce it. Nadria Tucker. I think um, I think in her Twitter it says uh, it's supposed to be like Adrian. So Nadria, maybe oh, Adria. OK, maybe. I'm I'm always I'm always guessing the wrong way. <laughs> if I'm zigging, it's zagging. Definitely, that's, that's... and uh, she uh, shout out to her. She's uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. So, you know, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So obviously, some stuff behind the scenes with this show. Uh, still, yeah. bit, still bitter since 2015. Still bitter. I'm. I haven't. I'm. I really am. I'm working on it about myself. I'm really trying to get to that forgiveness level. Uh, it's. It's just. I'm. I'm not there yet. I'm really. <laughs> I'm working on it. So yeah, we'll. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah. So that was a special that I wish I had not watched. Uh, <laughs> because it did make me hate everything about the show. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and then right into the pilot. <laughs> and then I was like, I had to like, I literally had to step away from it. And then I went to, uh, to YouTube and watched the army of the dead trailer. Cause I was like, I need to watch something that Jeff Johns can't ruin. He can't, <laughs> he can't ruin this. So, and it made me feel a little better and I ate some ice cream and then I came back to it. So I felt, I felt like I, you know, gave myself I can do it now. <laughs> yeah. So I finally got to watch the show. Uh, so I, it just, I'm glad we didn't live stream right after <laughs> because I would have been, I would have been too hot. I would have I been coming in too you hot. Coming in too hot. <laughs> so I've, I'm at least trying to like cool down and try to speak very plainly and straightforward about it. Uh, but it was a strange choice. That whole special was just bizarre. I also thought it was a little strange that they, they had like so many people wishing them luck, but like barely. And they had, um, they had, uh, our girl, go- our girl Nicole Maines from yep. Supergirl, which was awesome, but then that was it. I was no, like, no Melissa Benoist, no Kyler, Kyler Lee, Lee. <laughs> not none of the big ones. You would have thought that they would try to get Melissa. I feel like they probably did. Melissa's like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really, really uh, strange. Um, uh, so I try. I've I've tried, and what I'm going to try and attempt to do in this podcast episode is separate my feelings about the special from the actual discussion of the pilot. So, uh, <laughs> so that is that is uh, where I'm coming from in this. I just wanted to put that out front that uh, I had a lot of feelings about the special, and it was uh, they were not good. <laughs> so I just wanted to put that up uh, up front. Uh, so Morgan, I guess, uh, how, how would you start a pilot pod? Uh, where, where would you want to start? That's a good question. Um, I guess we start with like, how does it, so this is a, uh, as opposed to say like a Netflix show that you're supposed to binge, this is more traditional TV show, right? So this is a pretty traditional pilot. It's supposed to introduce us to the world of the show. How did we feel like it worked as a pilot? Uh, it was a pretty piloty pilot, in my opinion. They were like, oh, my name is Superman. Here's five minutes about my story. And I was like, okay. They're like, sit down. <laughs> let, let me tell you a tale of Superman. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> which which seemed a little strange. And and maybe they'll they'll 
they'll get, it, get to the lowest part later in later episodes, but it felt like it was a Superman show. Oh, because it is a Superman show. That's the well, well, it's like Superman and Sons. I feel like Superman and Sons would probably be a more accurate title just based on the pilot. Because Lois is kind of there and she she has her moments, but mostly she's just like not that important. And, and maybe that'll change in coming episodes. I, and, yeah, I and, hope and, so. and, and I hope that if it was my show and I called it Superman and Lois, I would have one episode be from Superman's perspective. And then another episode, I'd have it from Lois's perspective. And then maybe in a couple episodes, we do it from Superman's perspective again. But and then what's just, crypto up to? What, what's, <laughs> what's, what does crypto think about all of this? Oh, my God. Crypto. Uh, but uh, that's what that's how I would do it. Uh, but I do think Super Sons maybe should have been how they went about titling this. Because uh, it's very focused on the two teenagers. And I feel like that is kind of where your mileage may vary with this pilot. Because I was like, oh, teens in Smallville. Almost like I've seen this show before. Almost, almost like you've seen 10 hmm. seasons of it before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was weird. Like right off the bat was. Um, and I understand why they do that. They need to, you know, put the context of Superman's origin. And because and you know him from Supergirl, but you don't know everything about him yet so m- my question is where is this is this show supposed to exist in the arrowverse timeline and if so why is crisis never mentioned <laughs> like does he i thought he remembered crisis does he, he remember crisis is my question i mean i know no one truly remembers crisis <laughs> unless it's convenient for them to um <laughs> But I, I found myself with some questions and I don't even remember crisis. Like if somebody with um, my bad memory is like, wait, I don't know that that connects. <laughs> well, doesn't he say like all of his uh, the memories he he most remembers are like the, the most vivid ones. It's like <laughs> maybe you would remember fighting to end the destruction of the multiverse. I mean, because it's like it's like. Clearly, this the two sons popped up post crisis because yeah. of crisis. So my question is, like, does he? He clearly remembers living all of that. He remembers doing all of the the fathering, presumably, of the the children, and not just them being like grown adults, like they were in, or you know, grown teenagers, like they. I guess they were in crisis at the end of crisis because he was like, "Whoa, we've got two. Well, I never understood that. But then he were, seemed confused. Were, were they, like, why was they, he confused then well, that he well, had two it, sons? <laughs> initially, be pre-crisis, if I remember correctly, he was only they were only supposed to have one kid, and it was like a baby, a baby child. <laughs> it, it was a baby child. Kara <laughs> held him, I think. Yeah, and then and then post-crisis, he he says something about two boys, but were they babies at that point or were they already teenagers? Yeah, that's my, I, I found myself with a lot of questions. Um, Danny in the chat says, I think it's supposed to be on earth prime post crisis because they were going to have Batwoman crossover, but couldn't because of COVID. Right. So I, I found myself with met with many questions. Um, uh, about that, about that, but then I was like, you know what? Just remove it from the whole Arrowverse. So that's what you're gonna have to do. It's already done that itself because it's not mentioning anything. Yeah, because they they go to visit Martha on the Kent farm and they're showing her pictures, like sonogram pictures. Yeah. So I guess they. 
uh, also just, the just pointing out like weird timeline things when he looks down at his and these are all nitpicks by the way when he looks <laughs> down on his phone the picture on his lock screen is lois pregnant, pregnant with the twist it has been 14 years he hasn't gotten a different <laughs> lock screen like you would think that the lock screen would be like him and his sons and lois you know all dressed in little cashmere sweaters or something all in little sweater sets but no it's a 14 year old photo <laughs> Well, technically, that photo is of Lois and their sons. <laughs> oh, oh touche. Technically. <laughs> um, so I guess the big question, I guess, coming into this is, like, how did it function as a pilot, like, introducing you to the characters, introducing you to the world? I think it did uh, a really, I, I would actually say it did a pretty good job. Um, the thing that I was most impressed with was uh, th- my my problems always with Tyler Hecklin, Superman uh, specifically, was he always felt like a character caricature of Superman. It's like, what what do you think he should be? He should be a guy who who has a twinkle in his smile and he, you know, <laughs> he does all these, you know, I'm your friend things or whatever. And then, you know, like all these like things that people think of when they think of Superman. And so he always felt like this just kind of cookie cutter Superman. This pilot actually made me really like his Superman because he, he and Elizabeth Tullock's Lois, they felt like characters to me. They actually got to be their own characters and not just these cardboard cutouts of, what people think they're supposed to be. So that's what I thought was really strong about the characters is that they actually got to feel things and do things and um, have, you know, journeys. So that's what I liked about it is that they, it set it up to where you knew who the characters were. You knew what their stories were. You knew their relationships to each other. And I I thought the show did a pretty good job. Yeah. I think it set up, especially um, Lois and Clark's relationship pretty well. Like I felt like, they were a married couple that, you know, had some kids and, and worked together and, you know, and, and have been living together for a while. And I didn't feel like I was like being introduced to a couple that didn't feel like they had that sort of camaraderie together. Like um, the chemistry between the two of them was very good. And we've seen that in some of the crossovers, but I think that there's definitely that they definitely like cast the two of them. Well, I, I thought that they played really well off off of each other and like to your point like yeah this is a a different kind of version of superman that we've than we've seen previously where he's you know he's got more problems he's he questions himself he questions some of the decisions that he made like he questions you know halfway through the pilot is like should i have moved out of town um and i was like i mean yeah i probably dude like what are you gonna do you're just gonna like farm (laughs) but i mean i think that those things where you know he he second guesses some of his decisions and he doesn't feel like he's got it all together. I think that's an interesting take on Superman. Well, here, here's where I'm going to go back to that pilot. Uh, no, the, uh, the special, uh, because one of the other things, cause you mentioned how, you know, we got to feel for Clark and feel what he was going through. Uh, but I've been told since the year 2013 that that's not acceptable. That is not uh, that does not make a good Superman story. Uh, I've been told that Superman should never doubt himself. Superman should never uh, not smile. Uh, Superman should only have scenes in the daytime. Superman should never question himself, should never have any kind of emo vibes. That's what that's what the Internet has told me. So I was really confused as to why uh, people were liking this show, because that's everything that was in there. And even in the special they were saying things like that. Um, 
Uh, so Tyler Hecklin said, to see him challenged on a daily basis uh, brings this unpredictability to a character that's usually somewhat predictable. And Elizabeth Tolick says, uh, Lois is the best journalist in the world and Superman is Superman. But you're seeing them failing sometimes as parents. And Sarah Schechter said, to see the vulnerability of Superman makes him really relatable and makes him, when he is still heroic, even more inspiring. And Jim Lee said, Superman, the embodiment <laughs> of the ultimate superhero, has a pang of self-doubt. I think it speaks to, to his humanity. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You guys don't get to do this now. You do not get to do this now because for, for what is it? Eight years now. I've been told time and time and time and time again, not my Superman if that happens. And now all of a sudden now that's okay. That's okay. Now it's okay for him to have doubts. I, I have no problem with it, but I feel like the hypocrisy of some people on the internet and some of these people in the special is really interesting uh, because that just, uh, it uh, really upset me uh, in that because, uh, I don't know if you felt like this, but the the whole vibe, the aesthetic of the pilot uh, was very Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Uh, they basically ripped off his whole tone, his whole aesthetic, didn't reference him once, didn't even mention him. <laughs> uh, and, th and then they just uh, were hypocrites about the whole thing. That's just my feeling on it, uh, just because the Internet has told me that everything that you probably liked about this pilot is not how Superman stories are supposed to be. Uh, so that was, oh, man, that's special. I can't get over it. Um, oh, Rebecca, it's going to be okay. I can't. I, <laughs> I, I, that special really threw you up for a while. Now, now I'm getting all riled up. Now I'm getting all, like, uh, fired Here up. Here the hot it. takes. Ooh, I got to calm down. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I can feel, like, the smoke and the, you know, it's coming out of my head. Uh, but, yeah, so I, you know, I, I do agree with the visual style, though. I, I do think that that was inspired by some of the, the, the Snyder movies. <laughs> Rebecca's still bitter since 20. 13. I just, there's so much I have to work about myself, you guys. I really, I'm working on it. I, I am. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the characters I thought were really good and I liked the way it was shot. I thought, I thought it really brought some of those moments home, like the, the shot where uh, Superman pr proposes to Lois and that sort of golden, golden hour. Oh uh, yeah, that was really pretty. It was beautiful. Um, and so I'm glad I, and I forget who the director was. If somebody can uh, put the director's name in the, the comments, uh, I didn't have time to look all that up, but uh, uh, definitely a fresh perspective on the Superman uh, story and the, the characters obviously having uh, studied Man of Steel. Uh, let's just be honest about it uh, when uh, they shot, <laughs> shot the pilot. Uh, well, I think one of the things I do like just from a visual perspective is that it doesn't look like all the other CW superhero shows, which I think is kind of important because it almost starts to feel like they have a house style there. Um, and, you know, some of the shows are a lot different. Obviously, Legends is completely off the wall. But um, but this felt like, you know, if you put all the shows together, I'd be like, oh, well, that's Superman and Lois just based on like a like a the style that they were, you know, filming in. I don't know if they'll continue post the pilot. They might've had that, uh, some nice pilot money that, that could be going away, uh, sometime soon. I don't know. Um, but it, it's kind of like, if you look back at those old episodes of Supergirl season one, you're like, Oh man, they had so much money then. Um, <laughs> when, when she says that, uh, plane and the pilots like, Ooh. dang man, this looks good. <laughs> um, there was a little CGI in this pilot and it, it looks CW-esque, so not all of it. <laughs> wire work was not especially great. Uh, Ooh, some of the that, wire work. There was one CGI work. shot of him as Superman where I was literally like, 
am I watching a, is it a video game now? And then it was like, it was so quick though. It was like, and then it was back. And I was like, Ooh, that one, they really need to go back into that one shot and fix that up. But they were like, eh, that's fine. I, I think for the most part, the, the special effects, and I know we're kind of bouncing around uh, just cause there's so much to talk about. Uh, but I thought the, the effects for, for the most part, I thought were pretty good. Uh, the only problem I had was his new suit. And this is no dig on Tyler Hecklin. It's the way they fitted him in the suit. Sometimes there were a couple of shots that made him look like a little kid who went to Party City and bought a Superman suit. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a little too big for him. Yeah. Instance. Yeah, I noticed a little bit too. I was like, hmm. So we had all this. We had this money to make it look real nice. We didn't have the money to proper fitting. I don't know, maybe just tighten it up a little bit. Just I think a little bit. Tighter. I think he I think he looks good in the suit. He just he just looks like a five year old who went to Party <laughs> City and got to his Superman suit. Uh, you know, his Superman costumes a little big. I, I do think my favorite was like early on in the episode when he's going through his kind of like Superman origin story. And he's got on like the suit that's very obviously like sewn by his mom. And the little kid was like, oh, my God, I like your suit. And he's like, thanks. My mom made it. And it's like. But the rest, but the real suit shouldn't look that way. Is oh the yeah, thing. <laughs> the the the, fl- the fly shirt suit looked awesome. It looked great. I loved that one. I was like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> well, and uh, I well, I don't know if we should get to Easter eggs now because we're kind of bouncing around. But we, we can talk <laughs> about that when we talk about Easter eggs in the pilot because there are a lot of them. Um, but I guess uh, so. Your thoughts on Clark and Lois? Pretty established. We're we're good on that. You, yeah, you, you I, like I liked them. I like Clark and Lois. Yeah. So I, I usually in the pilot pods we go through like the characters and like how we thought that they did like introducing the characters because pilots have most pilots have a, a big uh, a lot of heavy lifting to do, which is that they have to introduce you to the world, then they have to introduce you to the characters, and then they have to introduce you to the entire premise of the television show. Uh, <laughs> There, it's sometimes you you get to the end of the pilot and you're like that was a cool episode that was a cool hour of TV. What happens next? Like I don't understand how this continue it continues to be a television show. So they have to kind of give you a reason to come back. Like what's going to happen? Now this pilot didn't have that as much because um, Superman is in the collective unconscious <laughs> and there's really only so much setting up that you have. Like they could have skipped the first five minutes where he was like I came to Earth because everybody knows what Superman's deal is, is the thing. So in some (laughs) ways, this pilot kind of got an easy, (laughs) an easy uh, story handed to them, which is that, you know, we all know Superman. So what they really had to establish was like, this is Superman and this is Lois and they have kids. Um, (laughs) And, and maybe that's why this pilot was so heavy on the kids. Um, in my opinion, to the detriment of my enjoyment of the pilot, because uh, I cared less about the teenagers um, than I did about Superman and Lois. I was like, it just seems like the title is Superman and Lois. And like, what are they up to? <laughs> uh, I don't care about your video games, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Um, but uh, so I feel like Jordan and Jonathan. Yes. J and J were the two like kind of new characters. And then this world of Smallville, uh, which thank God still has Lana Lang. Uh, <laughs> oh, what would I have done? So I feel like 
I feel like I'm bouncing all around, but I tweeted a little bit before we started this podcast and I was like, I watched Superman and Lois pilot. And I was like, and my reaction is, and it's like that smiley face that's smiling really hard in the, an the awkward grinning, way. The grinning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and people were like, a lot of people like this pilot, which great. I'm so glad that you like the pilot. Um, and I feel like some of that might be like a, like, how long did you watch Smallville? Did you watch a lot of it? Do you feel like this is something that they're doing to you by making you go back to it? Uh, because I was like, as soon as we got back to Smallville, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lana's here. <laughs> Everything <laughs> like does. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I would rather be in Metropolis just because I think there's so much more to explore in Metropolis. Um, and one of the things... God, I hate to bring up the special again, but the, <laughs> but but Todd Helbing, the showrunner, was like, Superman is basically a hero of the world. It doesn't matter where he is. And I, I was thinking uh, the people of Metropolis probably have issues with that. They're probably putting up an objective. Uh, it matters to us if we have Superman. Uh, so I I found that I mean, a little bit disrespectful. To be honest, Superman is, is definitely a position from which you can commute from pretty much anywhere. Kind of like a work from home situation. <laughs> like if I, if I wanted to go work from the Bahamas, it's like technically possible. And Superman can get pretty much anywhere in like the speed of, uh, speed of light. So I was like less disturbed by that than I was by the the premise of like Lois Lane deciding at the end of this pilot. So they decide that they're going to keep the farm. They're going to move there. Uh, pretty suddenly they decide they make this huge decision. Their 14-year-old boys seem pretty chill with this decision, <laughs> which was not realistic in any way. That one kid has a girlfriend. He doesn't want to move. Did you catch her name? What was it? Her name was Eliza. No, watch your hand, Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you name a character in Superman and Lois Eliza when there is another Eliza on Supergirl who's a very prominent character? I, d I don't. I understand. It's, it's, <laughs> so they decide. They decide. Okay, we're gonna. We, we got to do this. We got to do this for our boys. Which, <laughs> um, by the way, if you if you watch the pilot. I just watched an hour and a half of we got to do it for the boys. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And the, o <laughs> the only reason they have to do it for the boys is because for the show, for the storytelling, it's easier to have them explore their powers in Smallville because nobody's going to see it. If they do yeah. it in Metropolis... Everybody in their Every, apartment building. Everybody's going to know. Yeah. Everybody's going to know. It's not like we don't all have uh, video recording devices on us at all times. And so <laughs> it doesn't really matter where they are as long as one person catches them. <laughs> but let's just put that aside. Let's put it. But so they make this decision to move to Smallville. And at no point at all do they ever mention Lois's job. At all. They're like well, can you be Superman from here? And it's like, of course he can. Can you work at the Daily Planet from here? <laughs> well, and she was so upset about uh, journalism going digital. Yeah. But then wouldn't she have to, to your point, work from home if she was going to be at the Daily Planet where they can cover everywhere and everything? Uh, she would probably have to work from Smallville doing that. Or is she going to work for a Smallville? Is she going to have to work for like the Smallville newspaper? Please, oh, no. don't, please don't make her do that. She's definitely going to, Rebecca. <laughs> That's the thing. She's going to have to give her up her career, you know, for the boys. And uh, 
those those boys need their mom at home. And uh, but it was just so strange that like that wasn't part of the discussion. Now it could happen in in and it probably will happen. Thank God in further episodes where they'll discuss like what happens with her career. But the fact that they had this whole discussion about moving and they made a decision about moving and they never once mentioned like what's she going to do about her job when, was wild when, to me. <laughs> when she is now the breadwinner of the household. She's the yeah. only one with a job because apparently Clark Kent they- is such a sucky reporter that he's expendable in the, the layoffs. <laughs> How are they going to pay for this exciting reverse mortgage situation that they've <laughs> they've gotten themselves? Thanks, Martha, that they've gotten themselves <laughs> into now. Like without her making any, I just I was kind of blown away. It's like I don't I don't kind of begrudge them the fact that they might not have the time in the pilot to focus at, on Lois at all, even a little bit, even though her name's in the title. That's cool, but like you at least have the character make a mention of like, oh, I bet I can work from Smallville or I can work from the Daily Planet remotely or, oh, I've been looking for a change anyway or like, oh, it's so corrupt now with Morgan Edge. I've been meaning to get out. And like one line that shows that she's even considered her career when making this decision about moving the whole family. It was just like, I was like, Lois Lane, the thing that she, the way that, that she's a superhero is that she's a journalist, that she's a great journalist. And she's, you know, she mentions journalism in this pilot, but she doesn't mention it when they decide to up and move. I assume. Apparently this is where I'm coming in hot. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I have so many opinions. I'm sweating now. <laughs> I, I assumed that Lois would still be working from home because she does talk to, to Foswell, who we'll talk about in the Easter egg sec- section. Um, I assumed that she was just going to still investigate and work from home uh at for the daily planet so i don't think that's changed we'll see in coming episodes if it has uh but i'm willing to let it go for now like i think they the pilot the goal for the pilot was to set up the kids to set up the the twist of which kid had the power and uh (laughs) and uh which i i guess was a big reveal i mean I guess I sort of expected Jonathan to be the one with powers, but um, but they had to set all of that up. And I guess they'll get to Lois's stuff later. It's, it sounds like maybe episode two, which is airing maybe right now because we've decided <laughs> to live stream. We're, we're, in the, we're in this time slot war with Superman and Lois. <laughs> we don't care. Um, we're fine with it. We're fine with it. You should be too. <laughs> so I assume that like se- the second episode is more Lois centric. So I assume that it will it will adjust itself accordingly. But doesn't it seem weird to you that the name of the show is Superman and Lois and right. in the pilot it's mostly about Superman and his two teenage sons and Lois is just also kind of there. I do th- <laughs> I do think it's strange. I think I the only like reason the- it's called Superman and Lois is because that's an easy way to get people to watch the show. I that's agree. That's it. Mhm. Yeah, if, I agree. <laughs> if you called it Super Sons, people would be like, I don't know what that is. People would be like, I don't, I don't want to watch Supermans and Sons. That sounds like somebody who's going to work on my car. <laughs> so which and I'm sure he'll have the kids doing it at some point soon. Uh, which I actually would be interested in. They were putting I, together uh, tractor equipment at the end. So. <laughs> I would watch that. I'm, I'm interested in it. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, Clark and Lois, uh, Lois and Clark had already been taken. Uh, so yeah, they, they had to, they had to use Superman and Lois, but at least Lois and Clark was about 
Lois, Lois and Clark. And yes. Clark. Like, uh-huh. She was really a prominent character. And if you watch that pilot, which I haven't in a really long time, but I used to love that show. If you watch that pilot, she's in it a lot. And she's like kind of a big deal. And if you watch this pilot, she's not that big of a deal. Like, I like this Lois a lot. I think the actress is good. I think she's got good chemistry with Tyler Hecklin. I just, there's, she's not given a lot to do besides mom in this pilot, which is, I think, you know, kind of a disservice to Lois Lane. I don't mind it as much because it's, for me, it's interesting to see her as a mom just to like see what that would look like. Like I'm cool with them exploring it, but to your point, I think they have to, if they're going to call it Superman and Lois, it needs to be about Lois. It it felt like it skewed more Superman in the pilot. Um, But uh, you know, Lois and Clark, uh, that was a. I would argue that it was more about Lois. Yeah, to be I think that was that was uh, a very Lois show. That's probably why I loved it so much. I know it's so great. <laughs> uh, but uh, and and fun fact, uh, it was initially I think pitched as uh, Lois Lane's Daily Planet. That was originally supposed to be the title of the show. Why can't we ever get that show? Why like. <laughs> Why can't we have nice things? Lois Lane's Daily Planet. I would be into it. Um, but yeah, I I think if they fix the perspectives, if they kind of mix it around and and showcase everybody's different perspectives, I think I think it'll balance out. So I'm willing to give it a shot. So Nicole makes a, a pretty amazing um, observation, I think, in the, this comment. She says, as someone who's lived in small towns in Illinois and Kansas, the people of a community are a thousand times more likely to pick up on strange behavior, which is true because small towns is like one of those situations where everybody knows everybody's business. And that's where they think they're going to be le- more inconspicuous than like in a, a big city where I've passed like in New York, I've passed so many things that are wild and I'm just like, eh, whatever, whatever. I got to get where I'm going. I can't deal with that clown. We're just walking down the street, handing out candy, you know, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> just the things I've seen on the subway. That, you that know? seems like you're speaking from a uh, real experience. <laughs> But I've seen like, like wild stuff like that before in the past. (laughs) Like one time I was in for an interview and I bumped into somebody I I had like worked with previously, like interned with previously. And he was in a like full LARPing regalia, Mm. just walking down the street with like a big sword over his shoulder. I was (laughs) like, hey, what's up? And he was like, oh, hey, obviously (laughs) not looking to see anybody he knew. Uh, But like, that's what New York is like. No no one cares at all that you just came from your LARP and you've got on like a, (laughs) you've got a sword swung over your shoulder. No one's questioning it. (laughs) You do try doing that in a small town. People are going to have some questions. I miss living in a big city. I used to, I I lived in, I lived in, uh, well, I lived in Smyrna for 14, well, I lived in Smyrna and Vinings, which is like 15, 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. And uh, my my weirdest thing that I ever saw in Atlanta is there was a guy who had uh, on the subway, it was called the MARTA. It was the subway system in Atlanta, or it still is. Um, And a guy just had a a snake. He was holding a snake (laughs) in the the, the, uh, subway car. And I was like, you're you're not going to put that like in a, like a cage or anything. You're just... I don't think you're no, supposed no, to be holding wasn't. just a snake in your lap. Uh, that concerns me as another passenger in the, in the, <laughs> in the train. Uh, but yeah, so uh, big cities, wild things happen. Uh, I always assume that people in Smallville know about Clark. But I guess this leads us into a question about another character we get introduced into in this pilot. We've already mentioned her, but let's do a deep dive into Lana Lang. And my first question <laughs> As is always, it's all it's gotta be all about Lana, huh? <laughs> 
my my question about Lana is she doesn't know Clark is Superman. She doesn't I, know he has powers. That was my question as well. She kind of hints that like weird things have happened around Clark. She's like she talks about like a a car accident that they got into with in high school. With P, oh, he's probably screaming about Remy Zero, trying to get people gone. <laughs> you can't do that while you're driving, Pete. Uh, <laughs> he was probably trying. He was like, "Oh my God, the new, you know, stay free, uh, outlast, or whatever." He's <laughs> talking about deodorant or something. Um, <laughs> it's hard to drive in product place, is what I'm saying. Um, uh, I, I kind of feel bad for people who've never watched Smallville, who are like, "What are they talking about?" There is a Pete. P- was it Ross? Right? Uh, P. P. Ross, season seven. Uh, I forget what episode number it is, but it's called Hero. That's the I only. It was ep- just called like Gum, <laughs> <laughs> Kryptonite Gum. Just, uh, just watch that episode from season seven, uh, titled Hero. You'll know everything you need to know about Pete Ross. <laughs> the joke about his character on Smallville was that they called him Product Placement P. Like in the fandom because they would only ever bring him out to talk about the brand new Toyota Corolla. And like, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's cup holders. And then he would not be allowed to have stories of any kind. <laughs> and so when they finally wrote him off the show, you think that they're going to give the character, this dignified exit. And the entire <laughs> episode is product placement for gum, for gum. It was the, <laughs> it was the meanest thing I've ever seen a show do to a person. <laughs> But they had, but they had a comic tie-in. They, it was, did they really? They did. Stride Gum put out a comic. Uh, yes. Small comics. <laughs> was it all about Pete and how much he loves gum? It was. It did feature the gum. I think. <laughs> so, oh my god. So yeah, but she's talking about this accident that they got in, um, and she was like, "None of us had a scratch on it." But like that stuff, like that used to happen all the time back then, and I thought that like, "Ooh, that's poignant." Like, does she know? I, I got the feeling she didn't know. Um, and to, to this comment, uh, I guess Chaos13212 says, Lana seems to like to talk about the past a lot. Um, so I guess my question to you, Morgan, is what do you think about Kyle, her husband? Oh, I hate him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just coming in hot there. I just don't like him at all. I mean, I'm sure they'll try to redeem him. But, um, you know, it's a weird time to start, like, um, dogging people is at their mom's funeral. And yeah. so I found his, uh, like, his behavior at that funeral was so insanely inappropriate to, like, talking to a person at their mo- their own mother's funeral that I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you so mad? Your mom didn't just die. His did. Could you cool it? <laughs> and he, he also seemed, like, very, like, you know, he was kind of mean to Lana and he seemed kind of mean to his kids. Yeah. Uh, he's got some beef with his older daughter. Uh, so that was strange. Like, that character just came off, like, very aggressive. Uh, so I wasn't super feeling him. It seems like that marriage seems like it's not going well, which, great. <laughs> you know what that means. All I need is a Lana Lang in a struggling marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been here before, friends. <laughs> Uh, we know where this is going. It's not going to fool anyone. Um, I, w- I had mixed feelings on him because I-, I thought he made some good points about how people leave and they don't uh, contribute to their communities. I, I thought that that came from a real place. I-, I-, I understood his his issue with that. And I think he is somewhat of a hero. He's like the fire chief who works for the fire department. So he obviously puts his life on the line. He saves uh, his daughter mentioned he went in and say, I, I think saw some dead kids or something in a fire. So he, I, I think 
what they're doing with him is interesting because they're making him, I mean, you could argue that he's just as much of a hero as Superman is because he's, he's just a human. He doesn't have superpowers and he's going into fires and trying to save people. So, yeah, I think they tried, they would try to give him like shades of gray in this pilot where he, he comes off very, um, very unpleasant in like the first con- couple times you meet him. And then you kind of learn more about him through his daughter. Um, and then you kind of feel like, okay, maybe there's more to meet the eye with this guy. Um, but I don't know. I still like him. <laughs> do you, do you want to hear a prediction? I'm going yeah. to put a prediction down. I think he's going to die in a fire. Oh, I, I think he's, <laughs> I think he's going to, and, and this is, I don't feel like that's a, like a, an original idea. Uh, I, but I think he, they're probably going to write some story where he has to heroically go into a fire and he's not going to make it out. And, Oh, Lana's not married anymore. Oh no, now Lana's oh, single. And Lana's free. <laughs> what the what the quandary for Clark in that in that position? So I'm just saying, let's see where it goes. I'm just curious to see if that pans out. Uh, but that's that's what I think is going to happen. So you can quote me on that if I'm wrong. Let me know. Uh, <laughs> but can, that's my I, prediction. I can really see it. I can really see it coming. What did you think about this take on Lana? So you and I, we both watch Smallville. Um, so we, we, we we've watched, been in those trenches. We've been in those trenches. We survived. We've watched <laughs> Kristen, Kristen Kirk's Lana for most of the time. I would she leave in like season eight or something like that. Uh, season eight feels right. She was, she was stuck on that show for a long time. Um, and so this is a, feels like a very different, kind of take on her but like i don't know how when she came in with the with the big furry collar oh yeah she looks great suddenly i was like i think i might if this is like if we're getting a real housewives lana situation (laughs) this is like a real take on this character i could really get (laughs) because like in smallville she was supposed to be like your girl next door who everybody loved and uh she did no wrong and so that didn't make her very interesting for a good portion of the show and then she got to go crazy at the end and then she, she was fun <laughs> she got all of clark's powers yeah yeah and oh, that's how, how she, that's how she ended the show she just became a, a super super alana she got she married lex for a while and went mildly evil she had that some was fun awesome. she had was some the best. fun stories when they finally allowed her to be uh like kind of a crazy person like kind of crazy instead of like perfect uh, she got to be a fun character, but for a while it was like, oh, it's just me, Lana. I'm just doing all the stuff. I'm running a coffee shop and also I'm 14. Um, <laughs> it was weird. Uh, so I, like the idea, like when she like rolls up with her coat with a big furry collar and it's kind it looks like it's kind of like some sort of animal print. And I was like, oh, my God, are they giving us <laughs> Lana Lang, real housewife of Smallville kind of real <laughs> realness? Like, I feel like I could be in for that where she's just kind of <laughs> just kind of day drinking in the afternoon or something. <laughs> Throw it like starting trouble with like the other the other wives in the town and, and like just flipping all, tables. All wine in people's faces all the time. <laughs> Lois is like, I can't go over there anymore. If I get one more glass of (laughs) Chardonnay in my face. (laughs) How she greets people, Clark. (laughs) I really could be into that. Yeah, she did have a different um, uh, attitude, uh, a a little bit more of a confidence. And and she she works, I guess, at the bank. Uh, So she she has a steady job. Good for her. 
Uh, so a little bit different take on Lana and I, she and Lois seemed friendly. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I didn't feel, I was really afraid that I was going to, there was going to be that thing where it's like, they're like hugs and they're like, I hate you. <laughs> um, but I did not feel that at all. They seemed like they had, you know, talked to each other before they, they met each other. They knew each other. Yeah. And I, although there was that one line about like that, <laughs> that Lana was on Clark's Facebook page and that caused a fight with her parents. And I was like, no, 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 don't do this to me. You can't do this to me. It's, it's already started. You can't it's reverse begun. it. It has begun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, What twist I would love for Lana? Uh, besides the Real Housewives. So I'm throwing that out there. That's a free <laughs> idea for them. I would love it if it turns out where she's like, I don't know what's going on with these bank loans. I can't imagine. Sure, th- turns out the whole time she's like, calls them. She's like, Mr. Edge, they're on to us. <laughs> dun, yes. dun, dun. <laughs> Oh man, that would be such a good twist. I've got so many good takes on Lana. No one, <laughs> no one wants to hear them. That would be so good because uh, that would put her in opposition to Lois because Lo- Lois is cracking me up because she didn't have a lot of story, but a lot of her story was like, "Oh, Morgan Edge, I hate him. He's the worst." <laughs> and so I'm very interested to see where that goes uh, between Lois and Morgan Edge uh, because. We've seen other people take care of a Morgan Edge on Supergirl, and that really involved uh, Lena putting on her leather jacket and getting drunk and taking a gun over to shoot him. <laughs> so, I, so I'm I'm curious uh, to see how Lois would uh, react to Morgan Edge. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I can't wait to find, like, meet the Morgan Edge of this universe, um, the new Morgan Edge, uh, <laughs> and see, does he remember anything that happened in the old timeline, my guess is no, because they don't really want to. Be, it doesn't feel like this show wants to be part of the extended universe. It feels very much like it wants to be its own thing. It's like, do not speak of Kara. Do not speak her name. <laughs> I, I really shouldn't bring up that special again. Um, but but <laughs> but in the special, they talked about how this this show, Lo- Superman and Lois, was like resetting the Arrowverse. So they were basically starting over. <laughs> Is like, what they said. They're like, this is the HBO Max first now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about Kara. Um, I guess so. We've talked about Lana, lover. Uh, we haven't really <laughs> talked much about about the teens, uh, and the teens take up quite a bit of real estate in this pilot. What did you think of Jordan and Jonathan? Our two, our two teen boys. They got to do it for the boys. These are the boys <laughs> they're doing it for. <laughs> I guess I have an unpopular opinion. I I liked them for the most part. I thought that they were fine. I thought the um the the dynamics be- between them was really interesting. Sometimes they would tease each other, but sometimes like Jonathan seemed to stick up for him. Um I I the only problem I had with the sons at all in the episode was more so with Jonathan. Not not Jonathan Jordan. Um, because I liked the dynamic between the boys and I liked the reveal of them finding the ship and that that tension they had with Lois and Clark when they confronted them about it. I thought that that came from I, I felt like that came from a real place. If you found out your parents had kept this huge, huge secret from you <laughs> for your whole life, you would unleash on them. And I thought that they those those boys did a really good job in that scene. Uh, playing that anger towards them. I thought that that was a really great scene. Probably one of the best scenes, in my opinion, of the whole pilot. My problem, my only real issue with the boys was the scene when Jordan goes to, I guess it's Schuster Mines, 
and he goes to that party and he's listening to uh oh what sarah cushing oh yeah sarah he's listening to her tell this story about how she she borrowed her her mom's pills one night and and she was going to kill herself. And Jordan was like, this is the time I'm going to make my move. <laughs> this, this is my moment. Like, <laughs> teenage boys, please. What? Could what? you for once in your life read a single room? <laughs> Just read the room. <laughs> Why does this seem like the romantic moment to you? That's not, th- nothing about that says romance. Nothing was, at all. <laughs> that was really creepy. And I, I guess, I guess maybe you're supposed to just assume that like he is a teenage boy. He has, he has what social anxiety disorder. Is that what they said? Maybe, maybe he doesn't, maybe he can't read those social cues. Maybe he has problems with that. And and if that's the case, then it's, that's fair. It's funny that you mentioned social anxiety because I was, I was uh, chatting with um, the girls from gay gals watch the podcast uh, right after I'd watched it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, what did you guys think? And they pointed out that like for a kid who has social anxiety crazy that he's willing to go to a party in a town that he knows no one in <laughs> at knowing only one person at that party and he doesn't seem like he's having a hard time with that concept it's like i wouldn't even want to go to that party <laughs> knowing only one person are you kidding that and they sounds were like a nightmare and they were shooting <laughs> off like fireworks and roman candles or something and they were drinking i would i would be a little hesitant to go to that party because i'd be <laughs> like i don't know what they're gonna get into over here i, th- I think they're probably gonna get into some trouble and they did yeah like i don't want to i don't want to tip any cows with strangers that doesn't (laughs) doesn't sound like my night yeah but he was he was like okay like a girl i like is at this party like here i am (laughs) like so i was yeah i was a little surprised i was like really he's just will he just wants to go to this party is that you just said he had social anxiety that's a big social situation (laughs) so and uh he seemed like he wanted to go and then he and then he uh uh, made made a made an advance on a girl <laughs> after she told him that she tried to kill herself. After she was like, "Here's the hardest thing in my life," and he's like, "Cool, that means you want to make out." I'm sorry, am I not clear on this? <laughs> it was weird. That was basically the only issue I had with the the sons. Yeah, um, I was also, and I don't know, I I was surprised you when you meet the the sons. There's like. The one stereotypical like jock who's on the, you know, starting on the football team, even though he's 14, seems unrealistic to me in a lot of ways. And then you have the uh, the other son who's for some reason outcast because he plays video games like everybody else in the universe. Like that's what teenage boys do. They play video games. It's not that doesn't mean that they're like maladjusted. It means that they're teenage boys. And uh, and they're they're <laughs> esports uh tournaments yeah. now. Like it's a big industry. Yeah, they're gonna be okay. He's he's playing video games. He's gonna be okay. I promise. He, you. he might have a career in esports. He might <laughs> make a lot of money doing that. He's gonna be just fine. Everybody it t- turns out everybody plays video games now. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> but like um when you talked about the interactions between the two boys, like I kind of expected the jock kid to be kind of a jerk, but in, in almost every interaction, the video game kid is kind of the jerk. Like Jordan is, is very like, is very mad at everything and everyone. And you don't get any impression from this episode why that is like his dad might not always be around, but he's nice. His mom's also pretty cool. And even his like kind of jerk twin brother who's good at everything is like only makes fun of him in the way that like siblings do not in a nasty way. Like the, the, the jock kid is like way nicer 
then, and he and he watches out for him, make sure that yeah. he takes his medication and everything. Yeah, exactly. He said like maybe one cutting thing to to Jordan the entire episode. Meanwhile, Jordan's just like just angry at everyone. He's like, oh man, like when he's like, please don't dress like you just woke up uh, out of bed and picked up the first thing that you saw on the floor. That's not going to go over well in high school. I'm just trying to help you out. And he's like, oh, shut up. It's like, dude, maybe <laughs> maybe listen because. Your your outfit says I'm tired and I'm going back to bed. <laughs> the only problem I had with Jonathan in that scene it was he was I think he was wearing a University of Michigan shirt and I was like, <laughs> if you're a football player, you're really you have low expectations. You really and and maybe that's just because I work at the University of Alabama, but like <laughs> aim we for aim higher. <laughs> we win a lot of championships. Roll Tide. I'm sorry. It's it's we we have things called a dynasty where we just we win all the time. So if you want to be a football player, I'm just saying set your, your st- set your standards higher. Maybe look at Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban would recruit you in a heartbeat. Um, uh, <laughs> I so, mean, apparently he's real good. So my question is like, do you think it's that only Jordan has powers and Jonathan doesn't? Because I I kind of feel like maybe. I don't know, maybe based on the fact that they showed a very small child throwing a football so hard that it took down an entire tire swing. And maybe that wasn't the right choice for the show. But I was like, really, this kid doesn't have powers either. He he took down a tire swing at like eight. <laughs> I think it's a more interesting way to go about the story. But I also think it doesn't make any sense. Why? Yeah. Why would only one of them get it? Sometimes, sometimes in this pilot, I was like, and maybe it's just because all of his hair was in his face or whatever. I'm not, I'm not set up to raise teenagers, clearly. Um, but I was like, is this like Jordan's like villain origin story or something? Like Jordan's real angry. Jordan needs to calm down. Jordan's up here. We want Jordan just to be like closer to here if it's possible. <laughs> well, that's something they could do. They could have brother fight brother at some point, and that would that would be kind of an interesting story to tell too. Um, one thing to talk about, I guess, with Jordan, uh, mind the gap says, I suspect he doesn't have social anxiety. I think his powers manifested early and he didn't know what they were. Ooh. That could be a good interpretation of his his uh, his angst, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I guess what it comes down to is like I put on the show and I was like, oh, here I am in the midst of teenage angst. Um, and. And I think that's not really what I was hoping for from a Superman and Lois show. I think that was my is my personal pushback about the the kids being so like such a big part of the show. It's just like I was like, ooh, I was kind of finally hoping that we'd have a Superman show, but like that it wouldn't have him in a barn listening to Dashboard Confessional, looking out the window <laughs> at a CGI sunset and hoping that Lana Lang shows up. And now it's gonna be Lana Lang's daughter, daughter. who shows up. Yeah. And, yeah, no, and, and I mean, how long until that girl opens up her own cafe? I don't know. <laughs> it's common, I feel. <laughs> it's it's good. I think uh, history is going to rhyme uh, <laughs> in, in this show. So, yeah, I think it's going there at some point. Um, uh, Chaos 13212 said the rope could have just been bad uh, with, yeah, John- with Jonathan's powers. So may- maybe that's the case. They can make excuses for it. You know what would be really funny is if every time it looked like Jonathan has powers, there's like a completely reasonable explanation, but it's always like something like, the rope was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a toy car. Like, it's like... <laughs> every time they're like oh my god jonathan's got it too and he's like oh no no this is just a this is just a pretend thing that i'm holding up 
<laughs> this oh, this boulder is made of styrofoam. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the school play, mom. <laughs> I kind of I really loved uh, Jonathan's reaction to finding out that he didn't have power. So he was like, that just means I'm awesome. <laughs> I, I, I loved that. I thought that was great. I, I, I don't want to pick favorites. But at this point, uh, and well, and I guess maybe we could say that for snap judgments, but I, I'm leaning towards Jonathan. He might be my favorite son. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say definitely. They're not um, my they're not my son, so I can play favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do we think about how this set up like the future of the show? Like when you watch the pilot and you get done, can you imagine what this show is gonna look like like a few episodes down the line? I do think that they have done a good job setting up the problems with Smallville and how things are not what they should be, that everybody's having a lot of problems and uh, maybe things could uh, get better if Clark starts a farm and, and the sons help him. And so I think there's some good things that you could do within the community and the town. Um, I think it's set up the relationship uh to the Cushing family pretty well, set the set the Smallville community up uh, fairly well. And I think they did a good job. We didn't really talk about uh, Superman's uh, fights and his, uh, his encounter that he has in this episode, but I think they did a pretty good job of uh, working in some intrigue with whoever this Captain Luther is uh, that we find out at the end of the episode. So I think I th it's, it's enough to where I, I want to keep watching just to see what they do with it. Yeah. I, I had enough that I was vaguely interested in where it was going to go, but not enough that I could say that I enjoyed the pilot. And I was just kind of like, Oh boy, this pilot's long. Oh boy. It's still going. huh? <laughs> still going. Uh, I was a little bored by the pilot and I'm hoping that some of the things that I am interested in, like what's going on with Lois, uh, and her her journalism stuff. What's the stuff with Morgan Edge? Who's Captain Luther? Is Lex Luther a robot now? Oh my God. Um, stuff like that uh, made me interested and made me want to come back. Like the the, the big uh, the big battle that he has with I don't know robot Luther um, was was pretty well done. In that I was interested in like well, who's that? Like, why is he so mad? What's his deal? Um, and then the reveal at the end when they call him Captain Luther made me go like, wait, what? Um, I I'm a little bit less. I mean, Smallville is interesting to me in that, like, this is definitely a different take on Smallville. Did I need another take on Smallville after we spent 10 years in Smallville, like not that long ago? No. I did not. I did. And I really didn't. But I mean, at least they're bringing something different to the setting, the, the idea of like this town in decline and, you know, um, these these kind of outside vultures sort of taking advantage of it for some reason. Um, clearly, Lois is going to get to the bottom of what Morgan Edge wants with uh, Smallville besides um Lana Lang's future cafe and uh, acoustic <laughs> setting. Um <laughs> But so that stuff was like m mildly interesting to me. I was like, oh, I could, I could come back for some of that stuff. I could come back to see what's, uh, what's going to go on in, uh, in Smallville. Yeah. I liked the setup of the Kent family. I think that's something we haven't really seen in Superman live action, uh, 
episodes, TV shows, films before. So I like the idea of exploring what it would be like if Clark and Lois were parents. So I think that setup is really good. The only thing I had a problem with, with the Captain Luther uh, sequence of events was that uh, Superman gets stabbed with kryptonite. He falls to earth, but then he just rips it right out of his chest. (laughs) Didn't realize that was an option. So, or really early on, uh, episode one, we're we're finding out that Kryptonite does nothing to Superman. That seems like that's going to be a problem uh, on down the line because uh, Kryptonite has no effect on him apparently because he he takes it out of his chest and then he like flies around with it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, he does get stabbed with it, and it does he does like fall through the atmosphere. Like it looks like he's definitely going to die, and then he like just barely pulls it out i felt like like he but, like but used like made, the last bit of his strength to be like get out that, that <laughs> makes it worse though because the kryptonite is in there longer yeah no i don't i mean i don't have answers they were like well, i mean what's what dramatic what's dramatic his family brings him back <laughs> he's got to do it for the boys and i'm like <laughs> that's a tagline for this episode. <laughs> you gotta do it for the boys um but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good, I don't think that it's that like kryptonite didn't affect him, but like that the effect doesn't like make a ton of sense. Like he should be a crater somewhere on yeah. the ground and they should be like, oh no, we got to get the kryptonite out of him. Like, <laughs> I, I thought that was really weird. Um, do you have any thoughts on what uh, Captain Luther's deal is? I have none, actually. I have no idea. I'm seeing some interesting one theories in the in the chat um rachel says basic theory captain luther isn't from another earth he's lex's descendant uh so that's an interesting one Uh, i see another one um another theory from rachel um he's a version of alexis luther from the legion of superheroes animated series who was clark's friend but turned against him um let's see if there's any other captain luther theories on here uh because i have nothing i have no idea is is well what we know about him is that he's bald uh we see that he's he's black not that that matters but that was part of the visual uh the the insinuation is that he's from another world his planet was destroyed he knows everything about kal-el he was sort of testing him and he seems to have a secret lair in the Arctic. Uh, so that's that's what we know about him so far after the pilot. The only thing I, I assume he was some sort of alternate version. Maybe he wasn't like a like an Earth Prime Lex Luthor. I don't think he's in replacement of John Cryer. I think he may be just another Lex Luthor from the multiverse. This is just sort of my speculation uh, because I found an alternate version of Lex Luthor uh, in the JLA Earth 2 graphic novel, an updated version of Earth 3 and its version of Luthor were reintroduced to the post-crisis DC universe. In this version of events, the the heroic Luthor traveled from his Earth located in the antimatter universe rather than being an alternate positive matter one to the mainstream DC earth posed as a villain posed as his villainous counterpart and subsequently asked the justice league to help him rebuild his world. Um, Interesting. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but maybe he could be from another earth and uh, maybe he's, he's testing Cal to, um, to see what he's capable of because maybe he needs him for something. 
Well, I think it's so different than the Lex Luthor that we're like used to or that we've seen in anything else that it has to be some sort of like alternate something because this is a, you know, Lex Luthor is like, my planet was destroyed. Like your planet? Aren't you from this one? So that's super different from the Lex that we've seen. So I think that that does leave room for there to be, oh God, two Lex Luthers in this universe. (laughs) And it does. I was worried they were going to just replace John Cryer like they did oh, all the me other. Too. Like the, like, you can't you can't replace Ducky Lux Luther once I've come <laughs> to love him. He's How so dare good. you? <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. I'm curious about his uh, situation and who he is and what we might get about him uh, throughout the next couple of episodes, uh, because they did have a pretty knockout drag out fight. They went to space. Uh, he wore some sort of Lexo suit ish. So I'm, I'm, and he seemed to have a, an AI in his lair who was talking to him. Is, is it, is it hope? (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's hope. (laughs) So I guess we'll have to wait on down the line to see what his deal is. If it was hope, she'd be the only person who would ever mention Supergirl on the show. She'd (laughs) She'd be like, kill Superman. And then, Afterwards, Supergirl. And then Luther would be like, I don't know what a Supergirl is. And she'd be like, oh, just you wait. (laughs) She made my friend Lena angry. (laughs) (laughs) She's always reminding him to kill Supergirl. uh, It's it's like she she does all of his like shopping lists and stuff. It's like (laughs) it's like milk, eggs, kill Supergirl. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hope we've talked about this. Now I want that to be the case. If if they're going to just steal things from Supergirl, I mean, I right? would be okay with that. Just keep her going. That's fine. <laughs> Hope lives on. <laughs> uh, so did you have any other thoughts? I guess we could talk about some of the Easter eggs real quick. Um, if you want to go into oh, yeah. um, the brand section and help me out with some of the overlays, hopefully they'll be. I'm excited to see because I caught a couple, which is rare. Um, <laughs> that I would notice things, anything really. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see if I caught. No, I definitely didn't catch this many. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll we'll start with uh, Easter egg one uh, in there. So if you want to pull that up, okay. So this is the uh, I guess this is the one uh, the Action Comics number one cover. So they did an oh, homage yeah, to that. I did see that one. Which that is um cool. uh the even the car was green. It's the same thing uh in the uh the cover the exact same color. Uh let me get my list pulled up so we can go through this real fast. Okay, so uh the second one should be the Fleischer suit. So the Fleischer cartoons, uh, if you've never watched them, you can probably find them on YouTube. Uh, they're also on some Superman uh, DVDs, I want to say, maybe with the Superman Return stuff, maybe in some oh, of those cool. collections. Uh, but the Fleischer animated uh, uh, shorts are so well done. They hold up to this day. They were actually <laughs> they were actually influential on uh, Batman the Animated Series. So Bruce Timm uh, took some inspiration from the Fleischer animated stuff and then uh, adapted it to Batman. And then of course, Superman animated series. So the Fleischer uh, animation uh, shorts are just amazing. They're beautiful and they, they still hold up and they were made a very, very long time ago. 
Uh, so I know that both of those things are pretty pandering, but I enjoyed seeing them. Um, <laughs> Superman even says that his mother made his Fleischer suit for him. Um, that's pretty common, I think, in a lot of Superman stories that that Martha makes the suit for him. So that I think, was it. I think in, in uh, Lois and Clark, they had that too. Yeah, Martha makes it. Yeah, because they have that whole. Uh, oh, what is that song that plays? uh during that montage but they have a whole montage uh, about martha making the suit so that's an easter egg <laughs> in itself uh number three i think is uh lois mentioning steve lombard uh because he can get tickets to the metropolis meteor games steve lombard of course is a daily planet employee at the daily planet and he's usually portrayed as a sports writer uh we never saw him uh, no. which is very upsetting to me you had the daily planet set up and we didn't really get to meet anyone other than lois and clark uh so that kind of stinks uh, and uh, Lois mentions the meteors, and uh, there are two versions of the meteors. One is a uh, uh, I, yeah, it's a meteors baseball, and meteors football. So oh, okay. uh, in in the comics, the the meteors are a baseball team, and they are <laughs> they are also a football team. So I guess Metropolis just uh, oh my god, they love could, their meteors. They love their meteors. So I, just I feel like I, I heard meteors, and I had like a flashback from Smallville because <laughs> in Smallville. Everything bad that had ever happened in the universe was because of the meteor shower, uh, R.I.P. Lana's parents. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, oh, my God, I swear if there's a if there was a meteor shower here, I swear. <laughs> it seems like they named that in bad taste, uh, the baseball team. But uh, apparently Steve Lombard can get a, a meteors tickets. Uh, number four, uh, Jordan plays as Raiden in Injustice 2. He, that's the video game he's playing. Uh, that's going to be more important in the uh, Snap Judgments when we get to them <laughs> in a second. Uh, so we'll talk about that. But Injustice is a, is a video game, but also a comic book series. Um, so like injustice, injustice, yeah, injustice mm -hmm. exists there, but like they don't mention Supergirl ever. <laughs> and and uh, spoiler alert: Supergirl's really important in Injustice too. Oh my god! Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that in a second. All right. So number five: uh, the names on the chalkboard while Clark is on the phone. There's a couple of Easter eggs there. Uh, Doctor Donner is a reference to Richard Donner, who's the director of the 1978 Superman movie. Siegel and Schuster are on there as well as a tribute to Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, Superman's co-creators. And the next morning on the chalkboard, uh, the name Doctor Reeve is written on the board which is a reference of course to christopher reeve the iconic actor who was in superman the movies superman 2 superman 3 and superman 4 the quest for peace so lots of easter eggs on that chalkboard i called i caught the chalkboard easter eggs i was like oh hey look at me <laughs> <laughs> got him got him i was so proud of myself knew your stuff all right. Well, number six, uh, Martha Kent's physician is Dr. Fry, who, who is an homage to the Kent family doctor that was mentioned in Richard Donner's 1978 Superman film. Oh, my God. I knew he that had to have been a reference to something. But I was like, I cannot for the life of me think of what it could be. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, not that to, seems like a deep cut. <laughs> not not to reference the special again, but uh, Jeff Johns. <laughs> Everything that he does with Superman is is an homage to Superman, the movie. Everything. He even uh. did a comic book where Gary Frank basically drew Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder, and it was a little creepy on Candy Valley. Um, <laughs> oh, so no. basically, Jeff Johns doesn't know anything else except for Superman, the movie. Uh, so I'm not surprised with all these Superman, the movie uh, Easter eggs. All right. So number seven, a crow's pennant is seen in the Kent farmhouse. And of course... You would recognize that, uh, Morgan, for uh, <laughs> the Smallville High School Crows. 
because uh, Clark Kent on Smallville played uh, football for the team. He was the quarterback. He sure did. Was that was that a little dubious considering his powers? It sure was. <laughs> they didn't. I think they had maybe a little bit of a talk about that, but it was I, fine. It was I fine. was like, but dad, I really want to play football. And Jonathan's like, oh, son. All right. Don't I'm, kill anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Because he, because he, he definitely could. <laughs> he, he definitely could kill them. Uh, number eight, Clark lifting the truck is supposed to be like Baby Kal-El lifting the truck in Superman the movie. Uh, very different though. Not exactly the same. Yeah, not. I mean, a baby lifting a truck's much cuter. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> What's a baby doing? <laughs> All right. So number nine, Superman's battle with stranger, uh, with the stranger, uh, Captain Luther begins at Hudson nuclear power plant, which was the site of firestorms origin in 1978's firestorm. Number one, that's a pretty deep cut, oh. but I guess they needed a nuclear power plant, uh, and that's that's where they got that. Well, some some love for Firestorm. We miss we miss him over on Legend. But, but, Poor Jack Stein. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jacks is still alive. Spoilers. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so maybe maybe you could see him. Sometime he could come future. back. He could come back. He, he's he's visited from time to time. He's got a lot going on, though. He doesn't want to keep coming over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and number ten, uh, and we'll talk uh, briefly about some other Easter eggs. But number ten here, uh, the bonfire at the Schuster mine was named after Superman co-creator Joe Schuster. And if you were watching this and you noticed uh, the overlays, you could see that they had a marketing. Uh, campaign going uh for all of those different easter eggs they were from different twitter accounts of the different shows oh my god yeah that CW. was legends of tomorrow this is superman yeah that's superman and lois so, so a star girl so Black they, lightning <laughs> wow did they they just did all they just took over all the different that's batwoman that's supergirl supergirl yes. Girl got number two. <laughs> so they, they had a coordinated effort, which I thought was actually pretty smart. You that know, is you really got smart. All, all the shows kind of gathering and around to, like, a new to one. follow the to follow it, you'd have to kind of follow all of the accounts, which is a great way to get you it's, to follow all the accounts. Yep, that's a smart way to get people to hit that follow button. You gotta uh, follow if you want to yeah. know all these Easter eggs, or just follow the hashtag. You could do that too. <laughs> um, so, so did, you could, did you pick up on any additional Easter eggs? Besides those ones, there are some, and we'll talk about them because there's a lot of them, and I'm going to try to get through them as fast as I can. I don't oh have my a God. lot. I don't I'm have a lot of. I bet. I bet. I'm. I'm sure that you picked up on the one that I picked. I probably picked up on like one additional one, and it's probably <laughs> in your list. All right, so let's go through these very quickly. Speed round. Um, interject anything that you want to when we get there. Okay, so apparently, and I, and I got a lot of these off of um, some other websites because I was just trying to compile everything. So I don't agree with some of them, uh, but we'll, we'll see. One of the websites said that in the Daily Planet scene, we seen that we see that Tr Ron Troop was being laid off. Uh, I didn't see Ron Troop at all. I don't know what that website is talking about. The the character who was laid off, I think his name was Wit. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that was Ron Troop. If somebody saw a Ron Troop, let uh, mention, let me know. Uh, so I thought that was weird. They mentioned Ron Troop. I would love to see Ron Troop, but I don't think he was in the episode. Uh, Lois and General Lane both use Superman signals uh, uh, to to get Superman's attention. Uh, this was not a signal watch, but uh, it was some sort of uh, Superman signal. Can I just say that uh, Supergirl gives out classier. <laughs> 
classier ones. Well, the ones they had were a little bulky. Like it was like it's, a little box thing. And you had like, to push a like, button. It looks like you're a villain trying to blow up. Yes, it uh, looks like a detonator. Like, <laughs> right? It, it's, it's like, hold on. I got to call Superman with my dead man switch. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be some kind of bracelet or something for Lois. For that real. Made, that made no sense. Uh, but that was sort of uh, akin to the, the Jimmy Olsen signal watch. Uh, there was a, a news Chiron lower third that mentioned Ace Chemical. Of course, Ace Chemicals is very famous in the Batman mythology. Uh, there is also a news report about a space shuttle, which could possibly be a nod to Man of Steel number one by John Byrne, where I, I if I remember correctly from that story, uh, Superman saves a space shuttle. It's one of his big uh, things that he does early on in that issue. Uh, the death of Jonathan Kent was like Superman the movie where he has a heart attack, uh, which I still... I don't really buy that scenario now. I think that scenario is very outdated. Uh, number one, people survive heart attacks all the time. Uh, so it's not a completely uh, deadly issue. And number two, uh, why couldn't Clark just run him to the hospital? He was like, yeah. he was like, call 911. I was like, you're Superboy. You can't run him to people give uh, Clark a hard time in Man of Steel because he doesn't run to get Jonathan Kent out of the tornado. And I'm like, are you are you going to give him a hard time here? Because he he <laughs> he could have run his father to the hospital. I'm sure the hospital wasn't that far away. It's a small town. He probably could have got him there, and they could have saved his life. I don't. Poor, I don't really. Poor I don't, Jonathan. He's just he's just always getting the worst, like just the the worst side of the coin. <laughs> I do, I don't buy his death like that anymore. I do, I just don't. Accept it. Find another way to kill Jonathan Kent. It doesn't make sense anymore. Find a more creative way to kill Jonathan Kent. <laughs> Maybe it's like a like a Rube Goldberg kind of device where like uh, a ball hits another ball, hits another ball, kills Jonathan Kent. You know? <laughs> I mean, if, if we have some medical, you know, doctors, nurses. Yeah, entertain me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, chime, chime in. What, what do you think about Jonathan Kent's uh, death and his heart attack? Is that something that would... Uh, be preventable. Uh, let us know. Uh, I'd be very interested in that. Okay. <laughs> My, uh, mind the gap says uh, Jonathan is Kenny from South Park. They're just always killing him off. Hey, John, he's, John, he's, he's the Uncle Ben of this universe where it's like you always just have to sit through him dying. <laughs> and he's not the only one who died. They killed Martha in this one, too. They were like, oh, yeah. no, no parents, no old <laughs> they, people. They we were ice them. cold in this one. <laughs> we're taking I, them both out. <laughs> I will say I liked the scene when Clark went in to to find Martha. It was a very emotional scene. The mu the music was very beautiful. The the pilot had really great music. Uh the, that scene in particular had like some old piano uh playing. It's, it sort of sounded like the oh, piano yeah. was a little bit out of tune and it gave it a really cool sound. So I I really like that scene even though uh that must have been the worst day for Clark. He got fired and his mom died on the same afternoon. Uh so that was pretty crazy. Um so anyway, uh, I guess we'll get back to Easter eggs. Uh, when Lois and Clark arrive at the Daily Planet, they're greeted by a character named Max Minkin, who is an obscure character from the 1966 Broadway musical. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. <laughs> uh, there was another inter interpretation I thought was pretty good. Uh, uh, let's see trying to get through this so when lois lane and clark kent arrive at work the next morning they're greeted at the elevator by a stone-faced man lois identifies as max and that's important for lois lane well i guess for clark kent too but uh i think it's the earth 2 version when they're at the daily star when clark and lois work at the daily star her in instead of perry white 
the editor is uh, George Maxwell, Max Taylor. So it could be a reference to uh, George Taylor from uh, the Daily Star. Who knows? Uh, so I, th I think there's, you know, a couple of Maxes that you could go with that. Um, during Martha's Wake, Clark and Lois speak to a man named Cobb Brandon. In the comics, Cobb Brandon was the grandfather of one of John Kent's friends, first appearing in 2016 Superman number two. So I, I had a feeling that he was somebody, but I had to look that up. Uh, while speaking to Lois and Clark about Martha, uh, Lana uses the term superwoman, which is interesting for Lana to use specifically because she uh, was superwoman in the comics. Uh, she had an entire series called Superwoman uh, where she was the star uh, of. So that who knows if that's going to come into play in the show, if she'll actually become superwoman. Uh, so also Superman freezing the water is something that Christopher Reeves Superman does in Superman 3 to uh, cool cool a facility down. It's also very something Silver Age that they do in the comics all the time. Uh, I think Supergirl, I think we recently talked about Supergirl doing something similar to that in the Leslie Lar spotlight. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, where I think she, she did. Where she needed to get water for that town when she was the uh, the witch in, in the, the story where she was revealed to be the witch. I think she did something similar. So that's very Silver Age for them to do. Uh, there's an overlay for this one, Morgan. Uh, there's oh, a re sure. there's a there's a reference to Samuel Foswell, yeah, who in the comics was a senior reporter at the Daily Planet and would sometimes serve as an editor when Perry White was out on vacation. Uh, so he is a character from the comics. Uh, Jonathan says that an Inkstrom said that he might not be starting anymore because he missed practice all week. I, I don't know for sure if this is the Inkstrom they're talking about, but there is an, in, an Inkstrom in DC Comics uh, who is a character named uh, Curtis in Inkstrom, a.k.a. Dr. Alchemy. Mm. Uh, Clark uh, reads Kryptonese, and uh, I checked it to make was sure it that right? it, was, it was correct. The translation oh, was, nice. The translate, that made me happy. The Put in that little extra effort there, Superman <laughs> and Lois. <laughs> All you have to do is download the the Kryptonian font from Superman homepage. You, you'll never mess it up. It. I don't know why that's so hard. All you have to do is download the font. That's so funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. That makes it even better whenever it's wrong. It's been wrong on Supergirl. And I'm like, why? How? You just download the fun. You'll get it right every time. It's just the keyboard so strokes. Gross. Why? Why? Uh, uh, okay. So General Lane mentions a phone booth for Clark to suit up in. Of course, that's a throwback to Christopher Reeve, uh, who would change at a phone booth. But it's a really weird thing for him to say because phone booths don't really exist anymore. Yeah, I, I clocked that and I was like, Wait, what? Are you, where are you going to find the phone booth? They're like, isn't there a phone booth to change into? No, there's not a phone booth to do anything in. <laughs> they don't really exist anymore. Nobody knows now what they are. I remember I was in like Disney World a couple years ago and they had like, I guess like a little phone booth in like Epcot or something. And there was like a little kid and they was like, mom, what is that? And she was like, it's a phone booth. And the little girl was like, I don't understand. And I was like, <laughs> shut up. Shut makes, child <laughs> makes it makes you feel really old i know it? i was like oh gosh uh yeah so phone booths were a thing they if, if people don't know who are listening to this uh phone booths used to be on uh streets Street and corners. If, <laughs> and if if you didn't have a way to uh you know communicate with somebody this is back before you had smartphones or cell phones and you could put a quarter maybe uh, in the phone, and you would dial people from the just, phone booth. You just, just call, call somebody up. Call somebody up. You didn't always have the phone in your pocket. 
couldn't go on the internet and and take videos. You just, there there, you there just was called. no internet. <laughs> you just you just <laughs> called them. Uh, so that's what a phone booth was essentially. Uh, let's see where am I? Okay, so Lana mentions Pete Ross and her story about the car wreck. We we talked about that. Uh, Sarah Cushing mentions Euphoria with Jordan. Euphoria is a TV show that quote looks at the life uh, looks at life for a group of high school students as they grapple with issues of drugs, sex, and violence. Unquote. So that's why they mentioned. Do you know? Euphoria. Do you know where you can find Euphoria, Rebecca? It's, it's on, on HBO, HBO Max. Well, it's available got, for you on HBO Max. <laughs> we've got our HBO recommendation of the episode. They, they were like, they're like, hey, corporate synergy. <laughs> <laughs> and the only, uh, the last one I'll mention is that uh, they talk about Galaxy Holdings. And that is, uh, I think is supposed to be Morgan Edge's Galaxy Communications from the comics. Ah. So it's sort of a reference to Morgan Edge though. So there were a lot of uh, things that were in there if you uh, cared to know them. So, the thing, the only thing that I picked up on, I didn't pick up on half of those that were on the list, but I did pick up on um, on Clark mentioning getting taped to something, like getting taped to a tractor, which to me seems pretty, uh, like a pretty blatant reference to like the pilot of Smallville, where he gets taped to a scarecrow. Uh, yes. And, uh, people don't like to talk about it because it's a, a Christian reference and it's an obvious, uh, crucifixion, but I've learned over the years, people don't like that. I'm like, okay. Um, you, I, you I must think, not like Superman then. Cause I that think happens it, a lot. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think the issue is that they feel like it's kind of overdone in Superman is the, is that imagery just because it, it, it is, it's in, it's in all the different Superman I'm, stuff. I'm like, I'll take it. Get, give me, give me all of it. I will take it. Uh, yeah. So it did sort of have that that Smallville vibe to it for sure. Yeah, I was like, oh hey, finally, finally, watching all those years of Smallville is paying off. <laughs> in the one or two Smallville references I picked up on <laughs> in, in this pilot. All right. Well, I guess we could do some just uh, final thoughts. So, Morgan, are you going to keep watching Superman and Lois? That's a good question. Um, because. <laughs> Not because I hate it, the pilot, um, but because I am behind in everything um, that I watch pretty much. Like, I haven't caught up with Batwoman this season at all. It's all just sitting on my DVR. I'm, like, you know, ages behind in, in so many shows that I don't podcast about regularly. <laughs> so will do I, do I want to watch more Superman and Lois? Yeah, yeah. I want to see, like, what this show becomes and if it becomes more interesting to me personally. Will I? That's up in the air. I don't know. <laughs> it it's an honest answer. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will probably keep watching it just because it's connected to the Supergirl universe. I I think it's enough that I would probably watch it anyway. But uh, I am curious to see what, especially if they do a Leslie Lar character. I'm I'm curious. To oh see. yeah, I gotta I gotta get in there for Leslie Lar. Definitely. So, <laughs> so I'll let you know if there's anything that like you have to see, and and maybe we'll 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 circle back uh, <laughs> at the end of the season and see, and see what we I, think about it. I feel like I want to watch like the next couple just to see like what the show becomes because it's really hard to judge a, a TV show off of a pilot. Like 
there are so few shows that have phenomenal pilots and then become phenomenal TV shows. Like we can't all be lost. Um, so, so like nine times out of 10, like the pilots usually kind of like, so, so, cause it's the pilot pilots are doing a lot of heavy lifting. They're introducing you to like the premise of the show and all the characters, but they have to do it in a way that's organic, but also they have to tell you the backstory, which, you know, nobody walks up to you and goes, this is my wife. I met her. <laughs> Then we got married. Then we had twins. Surprise! And you're like, I don't, I, sir, sir, this is a, this is a Denny's. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, it's not, it's not natural dialogue that they have to like sprinkle into pilots. So, I, I really feel for like when you see a great like a quality, a plus quality pilot, it's, it's usually the exception. Like, I feel yeah. like with the streaming shows now, like they don't have like their pilots aren't as painful because their pilots are usually just like kind of a con- like a slow continuation of the show but like in in the the kind of show that this is where it's like on a network and you're watching it week to week like it actually has to be kind of piloty it has to like introduce you can't just put on episode 2 i mean i can because i wait until <laughs> to, i wait until today to to watch episode 1 so i can just slide right on into episode <laughs> 2 after we've done we're finished recording but generally speaking you can't so like you have to give somebody enough to hold them to come back and i think I think the performances in this are strong. I think that um, that Tyler and um, I think her nickname's Bitsy, uh, which I think is adorable. I feel like why why isn't that name more popular? Um, <laughs> I think that they're great, and like I'm interested to see where those characters go, and I'm kind of interested to see what they do with this sort of like broken down. It's like ten years later, and things have gotten real rough in Smallville. <laughs> like when we left it. Lana was like, I'm thriving running this cafe. And now, <laughs> and now everything, everything is shut down. And, uh, and, and, you know, in my, in my mind, Lana's working for Morgan edge. So <laughs> what will happen? <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty interesting take on the show. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm willing to see where it goes from here. Cause I did think it was a strong pilot. I mean, nothing can be lost, uh, but even some of my favorite shows like 30 rock, like, 30 Rock's pilot is good, but it's not as good as some of the other episodes of 30 Rock. Like, there are better episodes of 30 Rock. So, uh, yeah. So, pilots are not usually supposed to be, like, the greatest episode, but they're supposed to be enough to get you into the episode. Not like the the event pilot. I don't know if you... Did you ever watch the pilot of the event from NBC? Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) It was terrible that was like oh, one of the, the worst pilot it, it went from was one it? time period to one time period to another time period to another time. i was, was like that? i don't know what's happening in this in the show wasn't that when they were trying to make everybody was trying to make their own lost yes and so oh that's exactly what it that was. was a dark time in television because <laughs> as it turns out it's not easy to make no. your own lost and and when you mess up a, a lost it becomes a very bad show it was so terrible and i watched it for like five or six episodes and i was like this is it? I'm I done. remember I watched a couple, and I was like, "I feel like what's happening." <laughs> Everything was so. I remember the dialogue being really vague. Every episode was like, "Yes, the people who are doing the thing are going to be doing another thing." I was like, "What? What? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean?" <laughs> so, just if if it's better than the event. <laughs> it's a pretty good pilot. It's a pretty good pilot. So I'll give it that. We've we've got the we've got the the bar that we 
That's the low end. They measure everything again. Lost is up here. The event is way down here. (laughs) Well, it's funny when we did like a bunch of pilot pods during our forever hiatus on um, on Legends. One of the pilot pods that we did was like the following, which was like this kind of like horror procedural show that involved cults and stuff on uh, on Fox with Kevin Bacon, and um, and it was very piloty. It was like people like meeting each other for the first time and like, and then unloading their childhood traumas on each other. <laughs> and I was like, Whoo, I forgot what like pilot pilots are like, Ooh, boy, <laughs> this is rough. So it wasn't as a pilot. It was way, way beyond that. It was, it was doing a lot better than that. That sounds better than the events pilot. Cause <laughs> oh, I'm not done telling you. It was terrible. It was, it was really, really bad. Uh, anyway, uh, so that, those are kind of our thoughts on Superman and Lois. Definitely let us know if you have any thoughts. Uh, but I think before we wrap up, do you want to make some snap judgments? I do. All right. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right, we got some some hot takes in here, Morgan. Okay, I'm excited. All right, so I guess the first one, we sort of already talked about it, <laughs> but um, Jordan or Jonathan, if you had to pick one, who's your favorite? I mean, Jonathan. I J- <laughs> Jordan Jordan is just, uh, Jordan's got a lot going on. Jordan's very angry. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like Jordan is like the stereotype of an angsty teenager. And it's like, I just, I'm not interested in watching unless he's like solving a crime of some kind. Um which is and how he, I like my angsty teenagers on television. Probably, probably will though. He yeah, probably once will. he starts solving crimes, it could go in the <laughs> other direction. Uh, but until then, I'm just like, cheer up, dude. Like you're sitting in your room, you're playing injustice. Life seems pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked Jonathan after he used his heat vision and he sort of bonded with Clark. That was, I know I'm talking about Jordan. Jordan. I keep getting them mixed up. I love that they named them uh, Jordan and Jonathan. It's fun to say. Well, Jonathan, of course, is named after Jonathan Kent. Uh, Jordan, I think, is supposed to be a combination of, uh, or it's supposed to be a reference to Jor-El, I think. Oh. Part of it. So it's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's kind of a cold diss that she's doesn't want to name anybody after her dad. She's like, no. <laughs> she's like, what if we just, there are two variations of your dad's names and like, uh, my dad keeps showing up here in the middle of the night telling you to leave me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not naming anything after him. Get out of here, Sam. <laughs> yeah. So uh, General Lane got the shaft on that. But uh, I think, I think I'll go with Jonathan. Here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a unanimous Jonathan from us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one, the Fleischer suit or the Superman suit? Oh, I like the Fleischer suit. I mean, I don't, would I want that for the entire show? No, but I, I was excited to see it at the, at the beginning. And I think that they haven't quite figured out the fit of the Superman suit. So it's hard for me to vote for that one. So I'm going to go Fleischer suit. I like the look of the Superman suit, but it didn't quite fit him very well. Uh, the Fleischer suit, I felt it seemed more natural. Uh, so so I'm going to go Fleischer suit on that as well. All right. So our last snap judgment. Uh, and this is going to be a real Supergirl-centric one. Ooh, hot takes. <laughs> so which one is worse? Uh, uh, Cara not attending Lois and Clark's wedding. We, we never saw it in the, the wedding 
scenes or Jordan playing Injustice 2, which uh, actually features have uh, features Supergirl very heavily. So I want to say the wedding, but I'm so confused with time, how it works. If it's a flat circle, like <laughs> if the kids are 14 now and Kara is her age now, whatever her age may happen to be, um, then that means that that wedding happened like 14 plus years ago. Would Kara have been like a teenager? But Clark and Lois got engaged in the Elseworlds crossover. See, this is what <laughs> this is what happens with Crisis, right? So, like, yeah, Kara should have been at the wedding if the wedding was like a year ago. But if the wedding was like 15 years ago, then. I mean, probably she still still should have been there. I, what, I it would have been I like think, what, thirteen or something. Like, yeah, she can go. She could be a flower girl. Why wouldn't you make your cousin a flower girl? Okay, I'm mad. I'm mad about the wedding. It's okay, it's okay I'm mad about it. <laughs> e- either way, she should have been there. I um, agree. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Uh, I'm gonna say the wedding. I feel like she should have been at the wedding. That seems. But I feel like the reason that they didn't put her at the wedding is because they don't want to deal with the timey wiminess of the timeline. No, because we're questioning it now. Yeah. We're, now we're thinking like if you saw a, like a little blonde girl and he was like, thanks for being a great flower girl, Cara. You'd be like, wait a minute. What? But if you also <laughs> saw adult Cara there, like sipping, sipping some champs, then you'd be like, wait what and so the only way to do it was literally not to have her in it so that you didn't have to question when this was taking place but when is it taking place (laughs) nicole makes a good point she would be the singer at the wedding obviously she's she's done it before she's she could do a side hustle of being a wedding singer get up there moon river (laughs) (laughs) it's like her free bird Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think they did it just because they didn't want to deal with those questions. But it's still an offensive thing, in my opinion. Uh, Rachel also points out that she also wasn't at Martha's funeral. Cold. Cold. (laughs) I just, that's... I, right. I, w- I want it to turn out that Kara and, and Clark have like a deep seated animosity that they haven't they haven't worked through yet or something, because it's the only thing that explains anything <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's like secretly I kind of hate him. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully we'll get some explanation about where where is uh, cousin Kara? Where's where's um what would she be to the boys? Would she be their aunt? I'm so bad with family trees. Well, she's she's not their aunt because she's no, not she's his sister. His co- yeah, she's his cousin. So she's their cousin too, right? But like, are they? Is it removed? Is she removed from them in some way? Once I am so bad with like family trees. Oh my god, it's so lineage. terrible. I don't I'm, know. What? I'm just like I'm your aunt Morgan. Doesn't matter. <laughs> don't don't question it. <laughs> Somebody in the chat or uh, send us an email. Uh, Everybody's saying my... second cousins. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we're getting a lot of second cousins. Oh, uh, there's a third cousin in there. So I don't know. Well, we'll just say she's she's our cousin. She's she's a super cousin. She's a super cousin, exactly. So that's what that's what we'll go with. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for snap judgments. No judgments on your snap judgments. We also got some uh, listener feedback. 
we received an email from Deb who writes, I'm devastated I didn't find this podcast earlier. I've spent the past two months watching Supergirl from the beginning for the first time in order to watch season six live and be on the internet as the meme culture happens. (laughs) I mean, yeah, meme culture is pretty fun. Uh, I just started (laughs) season five yesterday and I listened to your corresponding episode and it was so hilarious. It was like a really fun two hours of hilarious and actually insightful uh, commentary. I'm almost tempted to rewatch from the beginning and listen to your episodes in between. Great podcast, and I'm excited to keep listening. Oh, thanks, Deb. I, I love getting emails where it's like people are jumping on in season five because I just kind of imagine that like our audience is our audience, but like people are finding the podcast because people are finding the show. People are just skimming through Netflix going, oh, God, I've watched everything. I can't watch another Tiger King. And then they find <laughs> Supergirl. <laughs> and then they get into Supergirl. And then they're like, I wonder if there's a podcast about it. And it's like, oh, wow, there's there's 100. <laughs> and we're one of those. <laughs> well, yes. Thank you, Deb, for listening. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed season five of the show. Uh it was a, it was a, it was a up and down for us. But it was a, you're, you're in store for a journey, Deb. And, <laughs> uh, and I want you to get back to us once you've gotten to the end of that journey. And just, I want Deb's, I want Deb's feelings on season five as somebody who's like, just like went straight through the show. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Are you tired? <laughs> I want you to write us <laughs> and let us know. Please follow up with please follow up with us, Deb, because uh, we are interested in your thoughts. And uh, thanks for sending in that email. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this discussion of the pilot episode of Superman and Lois. But uh, I think we maybe should get to some plugs and we'll be right back. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can find links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. If you enjoy our Super Girl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of some new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and strange adventure shows and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook or else. 
This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. That's still so good. And like never gets old. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of the T Public store, I just want to remind everybody we do have a T Public store that's got some Lois and uh, Superman and things in it. The Lois Lane is really good. Yeah. So we've got some Lois shirts. We've got some Daily Planet shirts. We've got tons of Superman, Lex Luthor shirts. Uh, So definitely go hang out in our T Public store and uh, see if you have anything, see if we have anything in there you want to check out. All right. Well, I guess we'll get to our plugs. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, I've been really experimenting with a lot of uh, photography apps <laughs> lately. <laughs> Maybe a little too many. I've got a little too wild about it. Never. I, I, I've I've really been liking all the the different variations of like the photo. <laughs> but then there's like the the ones where like things are moving like just softly. And I'm like, ooh. I'm like, where where did these like spotlight things come from? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> putting those in there i don't know how that happened uh so if you want to find uh follow my f- uh photography journey <laughs> where i'm discovering things uh check me out on instagram at the derby kid i'm also on youtube at uh, youtube.com slash duck milk prod um i also want to mention and i'm gonna try to pull up a video off Ooh. of YouTube. So we're going to experiment see, oh, see if this is going to work. Exciting. Um, because uh, the fake is season three uh, starts this week. I think oh you my might God, uh, this week. You might uh, be able to find it on the website now, uh, but definitely what? subscribe. Subscribe <laughs> on your your uh, your podcast app of choice. Uh, listen to the fakest with an I. Oh, and, I uh, am seeing that the first episode is live as of like today. I think so. And and this episode uh, is uh, about my character Leanne Snyder, and uh, it features uh, Morgan and me in a scene together, and. Uh, we we butt heads a little bit, uh, and I, I uh, do kind of betray her a little bit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear some of that, uh, you can definitely go ahead and subscribe. And I, I talked about it last night on um, uh, a live special that uh, I did with Bill Meeks. So I was going to pull up a little clip, see if we can play it here. I haven't done oh. this before on Streamyard, so we're going to try this and uh, see how it goes. So I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about. Uh, that uh, scene with Morgan. Um, I had a couple that I really enjoyed doing. Um, uh, oh, did it stop? Oh, Lennon, who was got it. Co-host on Supergirl Radio. She's uh, great. I got to record with her. We did a scene together. Uh, her character is uh, somebody that my character sort of uh, butts heads <laughs> with a little bit, which is which was a fun dynamic to play. And she was really good. The the thing that uh, Bill asked us to do more of in season three was improv, which mm-hmm. I am terrible at. I am no good. I can read <laughs> words off of a page in a script, but I cannot do improv Im- improvisation. Uh, but Morgan is very very good at it, and I, she. I um, Rebecca, to interrupt you, I will just say that you're great at improv in, in, in the sense that. So many of your accidental like flubs and flobs and things in our recording sessions have ended up in the show. So, I mean, I it makes me laugh. I don't know about I, anybody. I, I'm accidentally great at improv, unintentionally <laughs> great at improv. Uh, yes, I will uh knock over my mic and <laughs> flub up a line. Uh, that that does happen. Um, but Morgan is really good at it. She um, she had an instance, I, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but she has a, a a scenario in a scene where she had to think of ways in which she uh, communicated to other people that 
uh, that Leanne had done something that she shouldn't have. And uh, so, so Morgan had to think of different ways in which that could just be over the top and worse and worse and worse. And she did such a good job. She's very quick yeah. on her feet. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, so I'm just very impressed by that. Uh, and I think that helped me sort of think through some of the improv and, and how to, to work out how to do that. Cause I, I was kind of in improv school with everyone <laughs> on season three of the Vegas. I also had a really good time uh, recording with Amy who plays uh, Leanne's grandma, uh, grandma <laughs> Snyder. Um, uh, uh, I, I think I am older than Amy. So it's pretty hilarious <laughs> that she's playing my grandma, um, but she was really fun. And she's, she's real. I mean, Amy, like I'm not an actress, but Amy is a legit, actress <laughs> so mm. she is very good uh and i think she she does some things that i think will surprise and delight people in season three you are too kind by the way the uh the improv it was was fun sometimes but then by like the one of uh the last recording sessions we were all improving and i had nothing and it was just dead silence as i tried to think of one thing and i was like oh it's like it's it's hard it's tough it's you really get put on the spot and unless you have something quick you're just sitting there it's just a lot of dead air and then you feel like everybody just wants you to improv faster <laughs> yeah it's it's very very hard but uh i think i think everybody is going to enjoy uh more i haven't listened to it yet uh, no, but I, I, I. I, I, I think people will really enjoy uh, Morgan, especially don't listen for me. Listen, listen, because Morgan's. <laughs> well, I feel like if you're a fan of the network, there's a, a, going to be a lot of familiar faces because Rebecca does a voice. I do a couple of voices and uh, and Amy, I think, does like at least one or two um, from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And as you said, Amy is an actual actress, which, <laughs> yes. which helps. <laughs> 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 I just do a bunch of like weird voices like. Uh, like over the top voices. At one point we were recording something and, and Phil was like, I'm going to stop you because your accent just traveled all the way down, <laughs> <laughs> all the way down the coast. And I was like, cool. It's good to have that, uh, that instant feedback to let you know if you were not doing something well. Uh, but yeah, so Bill, Bill was actually able to steer us uh, in directions that we needed to go. Uh, and I, I just want to tease that Morgan and Amy might have a, a twist to their characters that I don't want to reveal, but <laughs> but I think uh, you're gonna you might laugh so hard that you might cackle about oh. it. So I'm just I'm just gonna say that I so. like I like the tease. Yeah, okay, no, okay. It's, yes. I can't. I honestly, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything gets put together because just just as a peek behind the curtain, like I only got a couple of pages, and that's what what we read, and that's what we like we did and then i i bounced out and i had no idea what the context of any of it was honestly <laughs> like nine times out of ten i'd read the pages that morning and was like oh god what is happening <laughs> <laughs> so i can't wait to see the episodes come together because i have literally as little clue as like a li any other listener about what's happening this season <laughs> Yeah, so definitely give it a, a, a subscription because uh, the fakest is really funny. It's not it's not very political per se. It's just it's comedy. It's um it's about a, a fake news team 
that does fake news. Like that's their whole thing is they just report on the fake news. And uh, so it's it, the season three, I think, is more about the people than the fake news. Uh, so I think you'll really like it if you listen to it. I, yeah, I, things, I, get, things get wild in the fake as <laughs> the season. I, I wanted to pull up the overlay just to show that we've got some we got some uh, Supergirl references into the fakest somehow, uh, which is that the the key art is basically like the death of Supergirl. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Bill Bill used uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and Supergirl's death as a as a way into his artwork for season three, um, and uh, so that's his character Paul Defoe who's dead. So the fakest somehow dies, and uh, so most of the episodes are about how each of the uh, cast members think that they killed the fakest. Uh, so <laughs> so the first episode is uh, maybe a little bit of Leanne and her uh, interaction with Paul Defoe. And so Leanne is the character with the, the Bama on her shirt. So that's kind of why in that video I did with Bill that I was sort of cosplaying as Leanne. Um, <laughs> although I didn't dye my hair pink. Uh, her hair is pink. Uh, but I try I tried to dress the part. But yeah, so. It's uh, it's gonna be a wild ride. I don't, I don't even know how it ends. I think he has, <laughs> I think he still has two episodes to write. So we'll see. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I think, I think I might end up coming back for for one of the final episodes. So I'm gonna have to dust off that voice, <laughs> that <laughs> wacky voice I've been doing. See if I can still find, still if I see if I can still find it in the moment. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about doing this is just being able to like pretend I'm an actor yeah, and be like, yeah. be like, hold on, hold on, Bill, I have to find the voice. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm never going to be able to say stuff like that in my normal life. So I really enjoyed being able to do it for a yeah, little bit. <laughs> this is the only time anybody's ever going to want me as an actress. So I might as well enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to, we got to ride this as far as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been a lot of fun. So definitely uh, check out the, the fakest this week. And you can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. Um, you can also find me um, on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which we just released our much-hyped book club episode um, last, uh, I think, this weekend. So that was really fun. Um, the uh, the author of uh, the the book actually listened to it, which was oh, wild. Cool. This is wild. I was like, oh, my God, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we all liked it, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, so that was really fun. So we we also threw it out, like if people want to send us books, you know, if we do a future oh, cool. book club, because the show's now coming back at some point. We know that for a fact. Um, so our forever hiatus is ending. Um, oh, also, um, speaking of our Patreon for Supergirl Radio, um, we just launched one as well for Legends of Tomorrow. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash the uh, slash Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And you can see we have, you know, all of the levels and everything like that. And we've we've gotten a couple of supporters, especially today. It's been kind of wild. I was like, I can't believe that people are doing it. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look, at we got another one. It's been really <laughs> exciting. It's been like, you know, those counter things that every now and then you refresh and you see like it go up a little bit and you're just like, whoa. So that's been a that's been exciting exciting um and then you can also find me on dc tv after dark which uh spoiler alert there might be a familiar face from this podcast what hides me <laughs> on dc tv after dark we decided that our own uh, for that podcast our own forever hiatus had gone on too long and we were like <laughs> like huh let's let's it's been like five months let's put out another pod let's do let's go crazy and put out another podcast so uh we should be uh we're recording with rebecca pretty soon so that'll be that'll be a fun one for supergirl radio listeners i i've already um because you know i like to prepare 
I've already uh, gone through the questions you all normally ask. <laughs> And I've already decided what my answers are. So I'm oh coming, my I'm God, coming that's prepared. so funny. Well, I was telling Re- Rebecca's like, I'm going to have to put my doc together. And I was like, well, Rebecca, we don't, you know, for super, for DCTV at the dark, we, we don't share the doc because we like put in random stuff. We don't want you to know about ahead of time. And she was like, oh no, I met my own doc. Like, of course. <laughs> you know, I, I like to prepare. I don't like to come in uh, with, without any kind of preparation. So I got to have some. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, no one ever dreams about the problems, but every life has them, even the extraordinary ones. DC TV Podcast. There's too many now. Exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Is Nasty Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl.